You're listening to the Burst Ball Podcast. Burst Ball, talking up the Scottish game. Hello, you're listening to the Burst Ball Scottish Football Podcast with me, your host, Hamish Carton. Yes, we are back, bigger and better than ever before, ahead of season 2016-2017. We hope you had a really good summer and enjoyed yourself if you are away on holiday or if you were in fact watching the Euros. We'll come on to them in a wee second. Joining me in the studio for this first podcast of the season, we have Lewis Kemp. Delighted to be back. Short and sweet. Callum Scott. Delighted to be back. Where'd you get that one from? (laughs) And uh, Callum Fisher. I feel exuberantly happy to be back or something rubbish like that. The Euros were on in the summer, of course. Um, I think we're a wee bit mixed. Uh, this panel, two of us, I think, um, didn't enjoy it at all. And two of us kind of thought it was quite a good Euros. So, Lewis, you're of the latter opinion. Explain to me why uh, why you felt it was a good summer of I, football. I mean, I can see your point because I thought it did peer out towards the end. And there was a few games where, you know... They were pretty boring, to know honestly. But I thought there was a lot of good moments, and I thought it started really well as well. And I thought that you know stuff like Iceland, you know the result there, the Wales game was definitely by far the best game in the tournament. And there was a lot of really good, good kind of stories and narrative kind of going through throughout it. So I, I I quite enjoyed it to be honest. But Callum Scott, very like me, you just couldn't quite get into it. No, and let's say most of it's to do with obviously our own national team not being there. But I think we've spoken enough about that in the past. But I just. I disagree with Lewis in terms of the moments. I just think in ten years, I don't know what I'll remember for this Euros. For as I could still recall stuff for World Cup two thousand and six, mm. Euro two thousand and eight. I just don't know what what all we can probably that remember me is the Wales Wales games mm. and um, even Northern Ireland to an extent. But that's it for me. Mm. It was certainly a tournament of the underdog, Callum. Yeah, that's probably one of the things I enjoyed most. You know, Wales. Going as far as he did, Iceland, even like Northern Ireland, getting through their group and things like that. Um, I really enjoyed it, but that's more mainly because apart from kind of away from Rangers and stuff like that, the, the things I enjoy most about football is probably the internationals <laughs> and international tournaments. Like I'd rather, I'd probably rather sit through a European tournament like, like a, or an international tournament like that than watch the majority of Champions League games and stuff like that. Um, I don't know why that is, but I, I enjoyed it. So, um, but I'm, I'm really looking forward to to the Scottish football season starting now mm. maybe that was partly why I didn't enjoy it because I'm so looking forward to the Scottish season um, which as of course we want to talk about the Euros are getting only two and a half minutes of coverage for this whole season because it is Scottish football that we're talking about and uh, we've got a good season ahead of us Lewis we've got the likes of um, the big names have come to Scotland this summer you've of course the big one at the start was Brendan Rodgers been announced as Celtic manager he's brought in um, a former Premier League winner in Colo Touré in the last day like Moussa Dembele joining as well from Fulham Rangers on the other hand have brought in I think nine new faces with uh, Joey Barton Nico Kranjkar as two of the big names there um, Clint Hill as well of course uh, he's played lots of <coughs> Premier League football yeah. And um, Hearts are brought in the likes of Tony Watt uh, and Connor Salmon as well, players that, being totally honest, you wondered if he'd be back in Scotland. So, um, good signings there. Even Hibs in the second division bringing in a a guy that used to be in the fringes of the England squad and Grant Holt. So, um, lots of business been done and lots of of promise ahead of this season. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I I personally can't wait for the season to start, uh, well, the league season to start. Um, I, I do think there has to be something said, like, 
I mean, obviously these players are coming up for you know. I think no firm has maybe attracted that all these all these kind of players back. But and saying that as well, you know, I think the fact that the likes of Hearts and Aberdeen, you know, traditionally big clubs, maybe weren't that well run in the last you know ten twenty years or so. You know, they've got their act together finally, and I think the fact that they have that that has happened has meant that they're able to attract you know better players. Certainly, um, we'll. Take a look at all of the, the 42 SPFL teams then, starting with Aberdeen. Of course, they finished last season second in the Premiership, and this season um, they've gone about trying to improve the squad. They brought in two strikers, Jaden Stockley uh, from Bournemouth, but I think he did most of his scoring in League 2. I want to say York, but I don't know for sure. Um, sorry, it was Exeter, actually, Exeter City. Uh, they've also brought in Miles Story, who's another figure that we, we know played with Inverness, Cali Thistle, of course, last year. Callum, eh, I saw quite a bit of him and I was quite impressed. Were you of the same mindset? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I remember, obviously, the kind of start of last season. We were saying that Inverness were kind of missing a talisman. And a th- well, up front, because right. obviously Tansy was terrific for them all Certainly season. when Watkins left yeah. them, they were looking for someone. Yeah, 100%. And then Miles Story came in, obviously, was on loan for Swindon, from right and saying, and he came up and then... Like, went about his business kind of quietly at first I mean it, it didn't really seem to take much note of him then you looked at his goal scoring record and it was pretty good and then from then on it just built on and built on and let's say it was a great bit of business for Aberdeen bringing him in because you know what you're getting as well like, he's, he's young enough but yeah. you know you know he'll do the business next year and he knows what he's getting as well he knows yep. the league uh, from last year and he's going to be playing in a better team I don't know how many scored but I think it was probably about 8 or 9 last year which you'd probably think he could if he has a good season maybe double that for, for Aberdeen this year um, Callum, they've also brought in Neil Alexander from Hearts, who kind of left Hearts kind of sadly at the end because he was first choice last year, didn't have his contract renewed. Um, so he's maybe got an alright deal if he's at Aberdeen. He left Rangers. Hi, maybe that's the story of his career. Uh, and also Callum Morris from Dundee United. I don't really know too much about him. I know he played last year, but didn't think other than he was the one who came off in the semi final, strangely. Uh, against Hibs, uh, but other than that, I don't know much about them. But they look like kind of alright acquisitions for Aberdeen. Yeah, they've got Joe Lewis uh, yeah. came in as well. I mean Cardiff. Alexander. Yeah, but I mean Lewis has obviously got pedigree down south, um, and I think we all know about Neil Alexander. You know, for me, he was a player at Rangers that I, I wanted to stay on. Um, I think it was an issue whether he wanted two years and we were only guaranteeing him one year, um, and then we decided to go and bring in Steve Simonson, so that was genius. But um, no, I think you look at Aberdeen and as Lewis, you know, said that they were a team that kind of that didn't probably have enough squad depth last year um, to mm. to really take that extra step and and go over the line to win the title plus the fact you know they went on such a, a really bad run after such a good start so you know they're making they're making signings that suggest that, that they're still going to be there with the with the sort of first 11 that they've got you know Aberdeen are, aren't, aren't really going anywhere anytime soon um, and I think the players they've brought in show that um, you know they're, they're there for the fight hmm. I mean they've lost a lot of players Lewis but They've not really lost too many that you would say were big figures last year. David Goodwillie was away on loan for the yeah. second half of the season. Willow Flood didn't really play. He's away back to Dundee United. Um, Barry Robson retired, of course. Uh, other than that, I mean, maybe you look at someone like Simon Church's loans ended. He's way back to MK Dons and also Adam Collin, who 
replace Danny Ward as a goalkeeper uh, as a way back to Rotherham as well. But they've they uh, kind of kept the nucleus that good squad. Yeah, I think I think Fod and Robson were kind of more kind of used as subs anyway for Aberdeen last year, and I think. So even going back to what um, Calm was saying about the strength and depth in the squad, like we've seen it in the European games so far, like um, you know, they maybe have been kind of nil nil or something, or they've been drawn or whatever, and then come you know seventy minutes, you know, McInnes has brought on these players and they've changed the game for them, and that's mm. the thing that they struggled with last year was just changing the game, and you know, um, I, I think especially like these kind of runs they went on where you know winless run, runs you know, I had kind of two of them one one special right at the kind of end of the season but they had one kind of halfway through the season as well and yeah. you know I think a big part of that was due, due to the fact they didn't have any depth in the squad mm. although their starting 11 was obviously very good and they struggled without that so I think that that really really helped them this mm. year and I think as well they brought in uh, O'Connor as well I don't know if I mentioned that the uh, defensive mid but he's um I think he'll give them a wee bit of steel in there, hmm. which is something you know. The, the games they lost last year were against the kind of the likes of Inverness and St. Johnson and Haas, the kind of more physical sides in the league. So that, that, I think a player like that can maybe help them in those sort of games. Hmm. They definitely ran out of steam as the season went on. Do you think they're stronger or weaker at the moment? It's worth pointing out, of course, you still get what five weeks I think left of the the transfer market, <coughs> the end of August. But how how do you rate them at the moment? Um, it's a very good question, actually. You know, I think of it because I think the proper transfer business would be it's kind of concluded almost. I think McKinnis even said that he's not really said that he's going to add any players, but like any manager will say, if there's players available that they can get, they'll bring them in if they're good enough. Do but you see any leaving, the likes of McGinn or Hayes? I, I can't. I, I can't see it happening. Can can't see it happening. And like, so I'm just got to really reiterate what you were saying is that, you know, they've lost players, but none of them are really key figures yeah. last year. And, you know, they've brought in, certainly in the second part of the season, they've brought in stronger goalkeepers now as well, because obviously when um, Danny Ward went back down south, you know, they kind of struggled in that department as well, I thought. So they've improved there, but I just, I don't know, I, I couldn't really say if they're really better or worse off. I think they're running about the same, to be honest. Yep. Uh, we'll move to Celtic now, uh, of course the current Premiership champions, uh, Brendan Rodgers, new manager in, he's brought in Chris Davies with him of course, uh, the business has been relatively quiet, loose, uh, Colo Turi was announced yesterday uh, after his contract finished at Liverpool, Moussa Dembele as well a couple of weeks ago, uh, of course Christopher Ayer as well, uh, that was done. That was Ronnie Dyler that brought him in um, from Start in Norway, uh, what do you make of those three uh, I'd maybe want some more players in, but for whatever reason, circumstances, stuff, it's not really happened. But the chat um, is that Scott Sinclair might will be the next yeah, one. Yeah, of course, I, I hasn't think been concluded. The issue with that is that the agent or, or Aston Villa, one of the others, kind of asking for more each time, and you know we're matching them. But I think they, I think they keep wanting more. But um, yeah, certainly the, the the two players we've, we've signed so far, uh, maybe I as well. I suppose if you um, include in a pre-contract. They're you know the caliber is is you know we've not really signed players like that of that caliber for 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 years really um you know Dembele that's a very ambitious signing and really we got him for a really really good deal I think given the pedigree he had given the a lot of the kind of clubs that were after him I think Spurs were after him um there was talk of what maybe Arsenal as well I'm not too sure but mm. a lot of the kind of English teams seem to be kind of he seemed to be highly rated down there and um obviously Toure as well don't get me wrong thirty five years old. But um, I, I think he'll definitely do a job up here. I think he's going to be really good. And I think as well the experience he'll bring uh, will be really invaluable certainly for our, uh, 
the, the defenders we've already got at the club. Yeah, players that have left Celtic, Callum Fisher, you've got um, to the Celtic fans' delights. Now we're going to read out all these names here. Colin Kazim Richards, Stefan Skepovich, Anthony Stokes, Carlton Cole. Those are the main four. Uh, Michael Duffy's gone out on loan to Dundee. Paul McMullen out on loan to Dunfermline. But they've certainly so far got rid of a lot of the, the dead wood that I think cost uh, Ronnie Dyler and uh, they weren't exactly great players, these players I've just mentioned. Yeah, I think um, Celtic seem to be able to find players they signed like five years ago, like still just kind of kicking about their squad somewhere. Mm. But um, I think that was probably that was crucial for Celtic, I think, to get rid of some of those players because, as you say, sort of Cole, Carlton Cole, I think, barely played. Kazim Richards wasn't great. Stokes was kind of... It was like a never-ending saga with Anthony Stokes, really. You know, he did do well at Hibs. Um, but I think it was probably... I mean, the fact he got him, he's moved to... Was it Blackburn? Yeah. Surprised me a little bit. Um, but, you know, I think it, it shows probably what what the what Celtic are wanting now is a sort of leaner squad um, with more quality as opposed to quantity. And I think getting rid of players like that um, is certainly, you know... A good thing for Celtic, I would say. Mm. I mean, Carrot and Cole's left, Callum Scott, but he did give us the greatest moment in Scottish <coughs> football history. The goal of the season. Yes. Uh, Inverness last year, a terrific goal. If you, if you haven't seen it or can't remember, just uh, I think you need to just YouTube the highlights. I think it was Inverness 1, Celtic 3, and the, the final goal of the game, Carrot and Cole with. I don't know how to describe it. It's just it's my favourite goal ever, I think. It's, it's fantastic. I thought I Probably fair to say, Lewis. Uh, that Celtic are stronger is that a fair yeah, comment yeah I'd, I'd say so I mean I wouldn't say our business is done necessarily at the moment but uh, certainly on paper we look a lot stronger I know obviously with the the, the, the way leg against the Imps wasn't the, the, the best uh, start but um, apart from that I mean I've, I was at the Wolfsburg game and I was at the um, the home leg for the Red Imps game and you know we actually did you know, play a lot better. Maybe in this game, the the first half was a lot more better than the second. But you know, there seems to be more of a system in play. There, you, you can tell he's trying to change stuff. He is trying to get the right system in place. So, uh, I'm 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 still very very confident and look forward to the season. Mm. We move to Dundee then, the only Dundee club in the Premiership now. Of course, they've brought in. Um, Danny Williams and James Vincent both from Inverness those were deals I think done ages ago yeah, like yeah. maybe even before Christmas or just after Christmas uh, Mark O'Hara from Kilmarnock Jordi Teese from Quick Boys and if he's a quick boy and uh, Michael Duffy who is quite quick actually uh, as we said on loan from Celtic uh, I'll ask you about Mark O'Hara Callum um, my own opinion I sometimes think he's he's got talent, but his positioning lets him down, and I don't know if he's a right back. But let us know what you think. <coughs> no, it's you've virtually summed up what kind of what Kilmarnock fans would have said about him. I've always taken to Mark O'Hara. I don't know what it is. I mean, he's just what I say. Me and my dad, especially, have just something sentimental about him. We've always just taken to O'Hara. We've always defended him, and I was really really sad to see him go. Um, I think. The boys get bags of potential, and I know potential can only get you so far. I mean, you can't always say, "Oh well, he could be good in a couple of years." You know, you need to prove. But I think he did okay when he came in, and he was shifted out to right back, and he was competent there. He wasn't particularly great, but he was like he could do a shift there. But his best position centre midfield for me. Mm. Um, obviously, not in a kind of playmaking role, but you know, somebody to break up the play. But he's comfortable on the ball, and. 
I was really disappointed to see him go because I think we can't turn down that utility. It's, me and Lewis were talking earlier on about Charlie Mulgrew. You know, Celtic probably best for them to sign him up regardless because you can't knock what he can do. You, you can fill in at various positions. And Marco had is the same for me. I think that was a bold move for Clark and one that I didn't agree with. In terms of the two Inverness boys, Callum, you've got uh, Danny Williams and James Vincent. I think Danny Williams is quite a good signing for Dundee. Pacey Winger, uh, James Vincent, I don't know, but what do you think? Um, it's, it's interesting because I think with everybody was kind of tipping Dundee last season to be top six material. Um, and I mean, what, um, I don't think any of the signings they've made are particularly bad, but you look at a team there that you feel just maybe needed a wee bit more quality to maybe just push them a bit further up the table. And as I said, there are good signings there, but I just don't see anything that's really yeah. going to propel them. I agree. There's not that one signing you think would go yeah. all European places. I and think, I, think I, um, I mean, I, I, I say everybody kind of tipped them for top. I think people were having them kind of fourth and things like that. So aye. you never know what could. How the season's going to pan out, but so far I think Dundee look, just look like a team that's kind of just going to stay where they were in terms of sort of top half of the bottom six. So um, yeah, I mean as you say, there's still plenty of time left, but uh, not bad signings, but not signings I would say that we're going to take them any further than they already are. To be honest, just to go on what Calum was saying there, totally agree. But I think that's the main thing that's missing for me for them is there's there's just not enough steel in the team either. Like there's no spine to the team. It's very inexperienced for me. I mean. Well, McPake's always injured. I don't aye. even know if he's been released or whatever. So, they've no. Whereas they had a period where they had McPake and Kevin Thompson. I know Thompson just went signed for junior team, but you know, like that's like that's what they offer you, though. You know what I mean? Like they've got experience and steel there, and I think that that's something that's missing for Dundee. And I don't. You never know; they might kick on, but I don't think they've got enough kind of grit to them mm. that will get them through. Uh, players have lost they've lost uh, that player we put in our team of the year or we're certainly close to doing last year Paul McGinn and then we were slaughtered by Dundee fans on Twitter for <laughs> saying he had a great season um, I he, I, I rate him but apparently Dundee fans I don't he so, a uh, year, so he's, he's joined Chesterfield uh, young Daryl Meggett's gone on uh, in fact no sorry he's just joined Air United good signing for them I think Kevin Thompson as you said has joined Tranent how the mighty have fallen. Uh, Thomas Conrad's also left, as has this player that I never even remember, Arturo Juan Rodriguez Pérez Reverte. He's joined Cordoba. Is that the centre half? No. I, he must have had a shorter name when he played at Dundee, surely. What did he think think it was who, who was the boy that sent Phase 5, remember? And he was at uni over here and all that. Was, was that him? Could have been him, possibly. Anyway. He's away to Cordoba anyway, so he's clearly alright if he's going to Cordoba. Uh, I think it's their season or their transfer business is going to hinge on keeping a certain two players, though. I was just about to say that there. I think. Uh, I actually do kind of agree with what Cam's saying. I, I don't really. I mean, it's hard to say like where they'll end up, but I think you know, for them to be getting European places and stuff, I just don't see that at all. Yeah. But so I, I reckon they probably will be mid table again. But I think the key thing, as he said, you know, is keeping the guys like Greg Stewart, Kane Hemmings. That's a key thing for them, I think, because yeah. you know, will they keep them? Well, that's well if they can, then I, 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 they'll, they'll, they'll be they'll be more than safe, and they'll be mm. will be pushing for top six. But he, if they can't, then he I was saying, wee, but Paul Hartley was saying at the weekend that no offers, concrete offers, have been received. But you would expect them, surely. I mean, they're both not for one point five million for Greg Stewart. Is that what they're looking for? No uh-huh. way. Uh, that was because Rangers have been linked to them, and 
He is, I, I'm not saying he's for one minute he's not a good player, but not at 1.5 nah. million. He's out of contract next season. Yeah. No yeah. one's going to pay that. Because that's what they were saying. They're saying that, I mean, they'll take losing them for nothing. The only chance you'd get of someone us. paying that would be a championship team that's yeah. been taken over, either in England, of course, Which and just kind of go, it's only 1.5. Mm. But even then, no, I don't, it's, it's no Scottish team's going to pay that, of no. course. Um, Unless they're just saying that figure to kind of. That's scared off, scared off people. But, but, but that is what like, I think it's kind of. Ridiculous. I think if somebody offered them four or five hundred thousand, I think they would need to mm. accept it, especially when he's out of contract. But he's a type of kind of player like an Aberdeen. I think would what yeah, they'd really kind of suit because we've talked about Aberdeen before. I know we're kind of going back on them, but like they've got a lot of depth. But I don't know if they've necessarily improved the starting eleven. Whereas yeah. someone like Greg Shaw would just improve that team completely. Like. I think, I think so. I, I think Kane Hemmings is probably the big one, though. That they need. I mean, yeah. 16, 17 goals last season. He's scoring again at the weekend, and he's he's just a great player. I mean, they really need to keep him. Like if they, I think if they lost either of those two, never mind both of them, uh, and didn't bring anyone of sufficient quality, and I would honestly, I'd fear for them in terms of kind of being eighth or ninth or something. I don't think there's a hell of a lot else in that team. No, and especially with Gary Harkins being released. Yeah, well. when he brought uh, them, he, he, that was a bit... What was the story with that I again? I think there's a underlying issue. I think there was a fallout because Gary Harkins won their better players last mm. season. And it's it says a lot that he's been punted out of Kilmarnock, St Mirren and Dundee. It's a shame because the guy's got no doubt talent, but I think it's his attitude. That's why he's away for Dundee because there's no doubt he was a key part of their squad last year. Mm. Temperament. Uh, Hamilton Ackies have a lot of temperament. They finished tenth last season in the Premiership. Uh, manager Martin Canning, who I know, of course, injured himself in a pre-season game. I'm pretty sure he broke his jaw or something like that in a pre-season game, which I've never heard. Like, obviously, he's a player manager. Um, I don't know what he was even doing playing, to be honest. But uh, he has brought in um, Jack Breslin from Celtic, uh, Jordan McGregor from Hibernian. He's quite a kind of young talent I think Jordan McGregor apparently I think he was playing at the weekend and had quite a good game as well uh, and of course Massimo Donati is the big one as well which is a one you can need to pinch yourself I mean there's no doubt in Donati's a wee bit over the hill um, but still playing with Barry last season uh, he's clearly still got something about him um, looks a good deal for Hamilton players that have left they're going to really struggle I think with losing Michael McGovern uh, to Norwich City I don't know what their plans are to replace him don't know if they've they've not signed a goalkeeper if they're planning to no. promote from from within. Ziggy Gordon's left as well to go to Partick Thistle. Um, Kemi Augustine as well. Carlton Morris has gone back to Norwich City after his loan ended. Yeah, I think that's really the guts of it. It's kind of you're, you're looking at Hamilton a wee bit and you're a wee bit worried there. Mm. Agree? Yeah. I mean, I don't want to get too overconfident, but I'm not disappointed we've got them at home for the first game of the season. I think. Hamilton have been, I mean, obviously, but <coughs> how bad Dundee United were and Kilmarnock kind of just been a wee bit all over the place until Lee Clark came in. I think they were quite fortunate last season that they weren't closer to the drop. Um, they've not really, as you say, they've lost some key players. They've not really brought in anything of any sufficient quality, to be quite honest with you. I mean, I know Donati's the kind of big name signing and things like that, but I, I just don't, I think they could be in trouble this season. I just, I think... Martin Can has done a, a decent enough job keeping them in the league, but I think this is the this could be the season. I mean, we're all talking about Richie Fornett and Inverness and how that could possibly not work, but mm. I think I, I think Hamilton might be the team that just go down, that go straight down this season. Um, I I think uh, they've rode their luck a wee bit in the division. Obviously, they started quite well last year, to be fair to them, but I just think 
unless they bring in some real good players, which I, I can't see happening because of the kind of club that they are, I just think they, that they're going to be in trouble this year. They've also lost uh, defender Lucas Tagliapietro, who played 40 games for them last year as well, and he's one that's kind of gone unnoticed. <coughs> uh, I think he's away to Boa Vista, if I'm right in saying so. He's done all right for himself. Uh, heart of Midlothian, third last season. Uh, they've lost Abiola Dowda, who kind of did all right for them. He's away back to Vitesse following the loan spell. Uh, to try and counter that, uh, Robbie Nielsen's gone out and he's bought, I think, four strikers. He's bought Connor Salmon. Bought Robbie Muirhead, he's loaned Tony Watt from Charlton, and he's also signed Nikolai Todorov, 19 year old from Nottingham Forest. I think he's quite highly rated as well. Uh, elsewhere, they've also signed left back Faco Reras, who was quite impressive, certainly in the game against the games against Infinite, especially at home. But I don't know about the how he did uh, against Burkarkara. Uh, they've also got in Victor Norin, our keeper, who was at Celtic a couple of years ago, I think I remember. Uh, Paul Gallagher as well, from Partick Thistle. Um, who have they lost? They've lost Neil Alexander, as we said, Margaro Gomez, Blige Agustin, Miguel Payardo, um, Abiola Dowd, as I said, has gone away back. Jordan McGee's away to Middlesbrough, Billy King's away to Inverness on loan, Gavin Riley's away to Dunfermline, and Lewis Moore's away on loan to Cowden Beath. What are our thoughts and hearts then? I think the, the only like player they've lost that are kind of questions Billy King maybe I think. Any question Gomez? No. We were one for a second part of the season there, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, yeah, but I mean, uh, like you would have thought maybe this was been the season. Maybe, maybe no, I'm talking about Gomez. Oh, no, sorry, I, I know King was as well, but he went Motherwell and loan. Yeah, yeah, so I don't know if that. Yeah. Seen out his contract kind of thing, but sorry. Uh, I. I don't know, I just thought this is maybe the season that King could maybe step up or, or at least, you know, be that kind of impact player coming off the bench and stuff for them. But, um, yeah, apart from that, I mean, I think they have recruited quite well. The left-back you're talking about seems yeah. to be... Uh, Better than Oshaniwa. Yeah. Probably isn't hard. <laughs> but that's not hard at all, no. But, uh, <laughs> I, th- I think uh, the only thing I may worry about is the goalkeeping situation because they had uh, the boy uh, Hamilton. Hamilton, yeah. He, it wasn't, it wasn't great in the game the thought was that they were going to get in uh, Matt Jilks who of course then went to Rangers yeah. uh, and it seems as if they maybe cool. had a rethink about Aye. Hamilton the number one I think so but, I wouldn't be surprised I mean Neil Alexander there's nothing up with him as a uh, sorry a goalkeeper one. and they've, they've kind of what, for whatever reason like I don't know because if it was, that was the original going by the interview with Alexander it was like, that he was to stay on to basically kind of Take Hamilton under his wing again, you know, like because like that's he's been his understudy and he was to stay on and yeah. you know to kind of push Hamilton on and then they ended up just retracting their contract off of him because of the mm. it was all but signed like and it was like it was a done Aye. deal and then he was away and then they've decided to give the boy Hamilton number one which is fair enough I hope he does well but it's I not think as it was bizarre letting go of somebody like it's that, not as if there's not good goalkeepers out there I mean someone like Could Scott, Scott Bell Bain well. Cammy Bell or even uh, McGovern who uh-huh. obviously maybe would have preferred to move down south as he has but I mean Hearts are an attractive club at the moment and you'd think they could get someone in and I feel as if they've kind of missed the boat a bit there uh, However, they have brought in a lot up top. I think Connor Salmon, Tony Watt are. I think they're good good signings for a team like Hearts. I don't know about Robbie Muirhead. I know you rate him, Callum. Uh, I think he's quite lucky to be at a team like Hearts after kind of failing a wee Jeez. bit at Partick Thistle. Um, for that reason, I'd probably say that they've slightly improved. But then again, they've lost for me the likes of Agustin and Payardo were good players for them. They're so apparently looking to bring in another striker as well. They were linked with 
I can't remember his name. It was kind of just when I was flicking through Twitter because somebody retweeted it and it was like the second comment at Osmond So. It was like the first reply, which I thought was quite funny. He's, uh, I honestly, that's really bad that I'm just talking about a player I can't remember. But apparently they are linked to another striker. Hearts will sign a striker. Yeah. Another striker. How many is he going to play up top then? Well, five. The famous five. five. <laughs> <laughs> That'll go well in Gorgie anyway. In defence to Robbie Muirhead, I think that it's quite harsh that... I mean, look at the three clubs he's been at like, that have signed him permanently. Three big clubs. I mean, Kamalask obviously comes to the youth system. Dundee United paid money for him and Hearts have signed him. So I think that even says a lot. Never mind what he's capable of. I know that he's no everybody's cup of tea because it's not like... He's, not that he's lazy because he's no lazy, but it's not like he's a workhorse and he'll run about and do everything. But he's, he's a match winner. He's got the best... One of the best left foots I've ever seen. Genuinely, unbelievable mm. weapon. I left. No doubt. I mean, that goal he scored at rugby park last year for Thistle, like arrowed in. That was some goal. And that's what I'm saying. I think I think that that's worth the risk. I mean, a lot of Kilmarnock fans have been quite sinister towards Robbie and saying, "Oh, this, that, and the next thing." But I'm like, no, like the I would rather have somebody that's capable of doing that than somebody that will run about and do just give you a hundred percent every week and get in people's faces that don't deliver. Robin Muirhead can do nothing for a full game mm. and win you a match with Pro- one strike. I think it, I, I really hope he does well. I think if he gets his chance, he'll prove how good he is. Probably not a massive risk either. He's probably not on a big wage, and he's probably the not did even pay anything for him. Is no, he? no, because so, so it's not for me. It's not a risk. I, I just I, I don't particularly rate them, but I, I don't think it's a big risk. I don't think they're going to go over oh, lost out big time here if it doesn't work out for them. That's a, it, sorry, it's sorry, it's the nine eleven truth theories that he's uh, holding them back. What's that? Well, you not remember that for last season? No. He was posting on Twitter about uh, his theories about nine eleven. Well, he's obviously got a clue because <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but I will feel that because like I said. Yeah, everybody knows my opinions on that particular event, but anyway, yeah. <laughs> right to go on. But anyway, but um, the thing that only worries me about the thing with Robbie's contract is it's only a one-year contract, which worries me for him personally because if he doesn't get his chance, he'll, he'll just be away. Like you know, he, I don't think he's got enough security there. Hmm. Uh, but I really do believe if he gets his chance, he'll prove how good he is, and I really hope he does because I rate him very highly. Hmm. Inverness have got a new manager, Richie Foran, is uh, leading the club this season after they finished 7th last year. As we said, of course, they have lost um, James Vincent and Danny Williams, as we said, to Dundee. They've also lost Dean Brow to Motherwell. Nat Wedderburn has finally not a Premiership player. Don't know how he even was. Uh, Connor Park's favourite man, Jordan Roberts, is away back to Crawley Town. Um, who else have they lost? They've lost that famous striker, Andrea Mbai-Matumbo. Um, Ryan Williams has also gone away as has of course Miles Story back to Swindon and then to Aberdeen uh, they brought in Jake Mulraney from QPR don't know much about him at all um, Kevin McNaughton we know yep. a bit more about him a uh, bit of experience there from Wigan Athletic Billy King as we just said and also Scott Bowden the forward from Newport County can you shed anything on any of those four you've kind of talked about Billy King have you yeah. quite a good signing for them I actually think they've recruited fairly well and I've I've got my doubts about Foran, as I think kind of everyone has, but um, especially King, I think he's, I think he'll do really well for them. And I think you know McNaughton, I don't know, I, don't, I actually don't know how old he is now, but certainly when he was last up here, he was for me definitely one of the best players Aberdeen have produced in the last mm. ten years. Was probably not saying a lot, but um, uh, uh, McNaughton was definitely definitely a good player, and there's you know he's been playing at a very decent level for quite a few years, so. Um, 
I'm, I'm actually just a wee bit surprised not all the clubs went in for him because I'm sure I think Dundee <coughs> were, were, were I think he was trying to get a, a deal there and I don't think they, they wanted him for whatever reason so uh, but uh, I'm impressed with the signings and I think as well you know they still have you know the likes of your Tansies and you know the Meekings and um, you know Warrens and stuff you know it's still a solid team so I, I, again I don't know how foreign will do but certainly going by the team, I can't. You, know, you can't have that team for relegation, in my opinion. Mm. Scott Bowden scored fifteen times for Newport County in League Two last season. Is he going to be their, their goal scorer this year? Well, they certainly need one, mm. um, and I think you know one of the key things for staying in the division is if you've got a player that can get you that amount of goals, then I think you're you're already at an advantage because you, you see with the teams that struggle, you know they very rarely have. Um, a sort of proven goal scorer that will get those goals I mean I'm sure you'll agree with Chris Boyd a few seasons back you know his goals helped save Kilmarnock that season so um, I think you know there are doubts obviously over Richie Fawn but as Lewis said with that squad and some of the players they brought in you would think that they would have enough to, to try and stay clear I don't think they'll be pulling up any trees to be honest with you I still think they'll be comfortably you know 9th or 10th something like that but I think they've. I think to to immediately dismiss them just because of you know obviously it's Richie Foran's first right. management gig um, would be would be slightly naive. I think mm, you've got to start somewhere, I suppose. Uh, moving on to Kilmarnock, deep breath in have come Callum McFadden from Sheffield United, Martin Smith from Sunderland, Sully Kulibaly from Peterborough United. Jordan Jones from Middlesbrough, Jamie Cobain from Newcastle, Joshua Webb from Aston Villa. Loan deals in Oliver Davies, a goalkeeper from Swansea City, Mark Waddington from Stoke, Jonathan Byrne from Middlesbrough, Flo Bojage from Huddersfield and Will Boyle, defender from Huddersfield as well. That is how many names at 11 there that they unveiled on the same day, Callum. Um, a lot of young faces there. I was watching them coming out after the game against Clyde. A lot of young faces, not sure quite where they were, but um, a lot of talent there as well, I think. Yeah, uh, potentially. Um, How many games have you seen them? Have you seen them I've played? seen them twice. Yeah, I've seen them at Clyde and uh, Morton on Saturday. Differing. I know it was totally different teams he put out. Uh, that, I, that's that's very true as well because I was actually talking to Lewis. I've been quite down about it recently. Uh, I was pretty optimistic coming into the season, but uh, I just I don't know. I think it's enough to stay up, but. It's no, it's no good enough for top six in my opinion. Well, well no, th- right, that's not fair either. I mean, you never know what can happen, but I think that there may be some people that have maybe underestimated the Scottish game as well by bringing in these guys. I would have liked to have seen a couple more proven signings. Don't get me wrong, I, I like I like unknown quantities as well. I mean, that's like Eremenko obviously was established before, but n- n- let's be honest, no many people in Scotland knew who he was when he mm. came. Guys like that, um, you know. James Dayton done well for us you know, signing for the Glen Hoddle Academy and that. so obviously th- these can work but I think you need a good spine to the team and I don't know if we've got that or not I'm, I'm kind of worried that you know I don't think none of the new signings are over the age of 22 I think it's mm. 19 to 22 years old and that's got to be you know the base of your squad I just I, I don't know I really hope I'm proved wrong on it and I'm willing to give all these boys a chance and I trust Lee Clark as well but I would have liked to have seen a few more established players brought in hmm. I think it could go really well or really badly I don't think there's a, a middle ground I, I think there's a 
young team there if it starts going badly for them. I mean, there's good players there. I remember Callum McFadden. Was he Wigan or yeah, something like that? United. I know they signed from him, but I'm sure he was at someone else. I remember the name anyway. Uh, Suli Koulibaly as well. Saw he's, him score his first goal. Fair, that man. first thing he did, the wee 360 turn ah, against ah. Clyde, he thought, oh, this guy's a good player. Um, I know the, the other centre-half, Will Boyle, scored in that game as well. But I just wonder if... I don't know. I mean, it's worked. You probably look at Inverness as the best example yeah. of loads of in- English players coming in under uh, Terry Butcher and then John Hughes, and it kind of worked well for them. They won the Scottish Cup. So that's maybe a good example, but I just I've got a kind of bad feeling this could be a bad year for Kelly. Oh, no, I can I can totally understand that. And let's say Inverness example is a good one, but a lot of the boys at Inverness have brought in have had games under their belt. Some of these guys, it's, they've not played competitive football. You know, uh, Martin Smith, Jordan Jones. Even though I like to look at Jones, I thought he looked very good, and yeah, he was all about good, good on Saturday. Um, uh, the boy. Who else was playing centre mid? Oh, I can't remember his name. That's that's bad. But there's eleven players. Uh, it's begin with a W, I think. Is it, was it Mark, Mark Waddington? Aye, yeah. Waddington. Him. Um, I felt bad for the boy. I mean, it just he was it was brutal in the first half. He really was. He was it was terrible. And a lot of fans were getting on his back, and I was trying my best to encourage him. But he looked like he'd never. He just got a culture shock coming yeah. out of the pitch, and that's what Saint Louis Scottish football was. <laughs> this might sound extreme but it's the most high pressing league in the world I think mm. in terms of you just don't get time in the ball no high pressing in terms of Barcelona philosophy and that but no, I know what you mean you just don't get time in the ball and I don't think these guys appreciate it's it it's not that. a forgiving environment no. either if it's not going well the fans will let you know like yep. I sometimes thinking even down south there's a wee bit of forgiveness It's here it's every game is, is life and death I uh-huh. think and I, that's why it leads me to the opinion that I think how many of those need to be successes for a good season? Maybe argue five of them, six of them are successes. Yeah, you have uh, a good season, uh-huh. but I don't know. I think I mean Cooler Valley was saying after the Clay game that he's targeting I think like fifteen, twenty goals. Yeah, and it's like, I think he said fifteen actually, and then that's quite a big target. And I don't know if he seemed a really, really kind of humble guy, but I don't <laughs> know if he's even coming up and just thinking he's going to walk goals into the net. I don't and know what's happened because he also said that he's hoping to win carts for either Italy or Ivory Coast while playing Michael Mark and I can't see that happening either. Mind you, we actually had a guy that was getting carted in Nigeria while he wasn't getting played at Kelly. If anybody remembers oh, Ruben Gabriel. Was it about to say Obadai? No, no, no. Ruben Gabriel, he was getting he was playing at the World Cup after they get released for Kumar or something bizarre like that. But uh, I, t- I think Kulabale will be a good signing I really do think he'll be good and I think a lot of these boys will be but I would have just liked to have seen a couple more experienced heads in there uh, uh, Do you think it's that though it's just maybe the idea of just keeping a few of your players rather than because you, know, you kept so little of the squad you already yeah. had and, and obviously like you nearly get relegated but there were still some decent players there yeah, like, no, like Slater for example was mm. Absolutely Slater was offered a contract and he turned it down so I mean, there's only so much you could have done. Do I think we could have done more? Yes, but we did offer him a contract. But out of all the boys that went, personally speaking, all I would have kept would have been Mark O'Hara, Craig Slater, Topi Obadai, even though a lot of people don't like him. I liked Topi, I thought he caused problems. Um, and Mark Cornley, I push, but Cornley was out because of the wages. He was on a high wage. and. Mm. But that, that's what I'm saying. I, the, the guys have like, I, they just like to see more experience because I kept Higginbottom as well. Sorry, I forgot. What I think, yeah. Uh, what, what, I mean, the, the good thing about it is it could be a complete breath of fresh air. Yeah. Um, you know, from my own experience, obviously, this time last year we had new manager, several new players, 
fairly unrecognisable squad from the year before and obviously it's vastly different for Rangers in the Championship to a team like Kilmarnock in the Premiership but even if even if the first couple of weeks there's a bit of a struggle there I think what Lee Clark said should be encouraging and I think you know these are players that they're young players and they'll be hungry to make an impression you know they won't want the sort of not sort of ego knock of being in a relegation battle and things like that they'll want to progress because you know no disrespect but I don't think a lot of them will want to be at Kilmarnock mm-hmm. for the entirety of their career they'll want to push on they'll want to impress and get to a, a bigger club or move back down south Ivory Coast yeah well <laughs> you know and I mean he sounds like he might be quite fun to keep an eye on this season with comments like that mm. but at least there's ambition then and it's good that you've got a player coming in that says he wants to hit 15 goals for a team at Kilmarnock because that could be the difference between bottom half of the top six and, and finishing like 7th, 6th, 5th something like that so I think albeit it is, there are going to be sticky periods for Kilmarnock there's no doubt about that but it's virtually the same for every team in that position yeah. and I think Kilmarnock have got a lot of reasons to be optimistic because well one it can't really very get much worse other than being automatically relegated than it did last year yeah you know I think Lee Clark to be fair I think everybody in this room could be a better football manager than Gary Locke but Lee Clark I think um, so is saying the right things I think it, as I say I saw Kilmarnock in that second leg the relegation playoff and they were superb so I think he's got the way he want, it looks like he wants Kilmarnock to play um, looks like it could be exciting and I think there's a lot of reason for optimism I think you need to be cautious and I think Kilmarnock fans need to realise that it might take a bit of time but I don't see Kilmarnock being in the same situation they were last season at this point anyway hmm. I hope so mate I hope so Motherwell have lost uh, some of their older players in the summer David Clarkson James McFadden both Motherwell legends are both left as has Wes Fletcher um, they've brought in Pearson as well Steam Pearson, so he's going to be back to India, India hasn't yeah, he? Yeah, well, he scored in like the grand final. Ah, he's like a god over there. there. <laughs> it's bizarre. Stephen Pearson, the god. Uh, they have brought in though um, Jacob Blythe from Leicester City. Now, the thing I'm reading here at BBC says, "quote The striker joined Leicester at the same time as Jamie Vardy and hopes that tips from the England international will help him make an impact in Scotland's top flight." <laughs> It's just like well, it's just like typical. I bet that was written by an Englishman or something. Like try like, to get any link they can. I know into <laughs> into some some sort of world beater Jamie Vardy. Uh, they've also brought in Ben Hennigan. Now this guy is apparently quite a big deal. He's twenty two years old. He impressed for Chester in the National League last season. He's been linked with the likes of Burnley, Hull, Blackburn Rovers, and Brighton. However, he's chosen Motherwell because. Um, Mark McGee has given him assurances about first team football. Is that the right back? Sorry, but and is, is, I'm sure that was how he came up, and he wasn't really got to sign for Motherwell yeah. until I spoke to Mark McGee. And then mm. <laughs> apparently he's pretty decent, so it looks like yeah, he's alright. I, I said that when I read that. Uh, yeah, Dean Brill also, as we said, from Inverness. Carol McHugh from Blim- Plymouth, even, and Richard Tate from Grimsby. Uh, who else have they lost that we weren't really talking about? Uh, uh, Robbie Leach has gone to ben Burnley. Ben Hall as well, centre-back. Ben Hall, yeah. Uh, hey, Josh Co- Law, did we mention him? Josh Law has yeah. gone away to Oldham. Connor Ripley, uh, his loan deal from Middlesbrough has ended. Margaro Gomez, of course, has left Motherwell and Hearts as well. Uh, Craig Moore's away out to Air United again this season. They finished fifth last year. Can they go any better than that? It's probably fifth is as good as they're going to get. Mm. Yep. So they're not going to finish ahead of anyone it was else. Like, I was listening to Sports Sound after the first um, 
the weekend of the week cup fixtures <laughs> and um <laughs> they interviewed Mark McGee after after the game and he, after the Rangers game and you know they were asking what the what, what his kind of aim is for this season and he said uh, the aim is not to get relegated which I found baffling considering you know where they finished last year I know they maybe struggled towards the start but when he came in you know they completely yeah. turned it around and another thing as well like they've lost obviously Leach is a very young player um, you know was as well and um, you know Ben Hall I, I really really rated him I, I would have had him my, I generally would have had him in my team of the year if he had played more games I, I was that impressed by him so I think you know uh, although I think they maybe got some money for these players you know these are the sort of players that maybe be, be more becoming kind of mainstays in that squad in the coming years and maybe as a wee bit kind of sh- short term short termism to, to kind of uh, get rid of these players but um, yeah I, I just found these comments baffling to be honest but maybe that's an indication as to how they'll do this year hmm. Partick Thistle uh, they've brought in a few players that were kind of proven in the Premiership they have brought in Ziggy Gordon from Hamilton, Chris Erskine, of course, from Dundee United, as they, they sorted that again early on, Danny Devine from Inverness, David Syme from Kilmarnock, uh, and as well as the goalkeeper David Crawford from Alloa. Out have gone Frederick Franz, Gary Miller, Paul Gallagher, Dan Seaborn, uh, and Aidan Nesbitt. Six-month loan deal uh, has ended his way back to Celtic. How do you see... Alan Archibald say getting on this year because they finished ninth last year um, they were kind of hit and miss they were quite defensively good probably didn't score enough goals for their liking but I suppose when you've got Chris Dillon you've always got a chance yeah absolutely um, I think I'm kind of quietly confident for them this year uh, to kind of kick on I've I say I've always been a admirer of Partick Thistle recently like, I've always said I like the way they play football and that will be no different this year. I can't see them abandoning their style of football and say that they've brought in decent calibre player, as you said. I mean, like Ziggy Gordon, and that's a it's really good bit of business. business. Yeah. I was really surprised when I seen the way Thistle. So Ziggy Gordon, Chris Erskine. Yep, uh, uh, absolutely. And he's already been. He's played with Partick before as well, didn't he? So yeah, Danny um, Devine, David Syme. Yep, thoughts. Syme, obviously, uh, long. Uh, Long term player. Um, yeah. Hopefully, I was kind of sad to see him go, but you you know him better than me, Hamish, as well. But for what I've seen this time, I thought he was a good player. I thought he was kind of treated quite harshly as well. But um, yeah, I, th- I, th- I think, don't see. I mean, Partick Thistle could end up anywhere that wouldn't surprise me next year. It's just one of them. I'm just thinking, it was just when you said there about Motherwell before, about they're not going to get any better than 5th which is just totally true because it's just a lottery anywhere between 5th and 12th I think, I think so I, yeah. uh, it was like that last year with kind of 1st to 3rd I think this year also Rangers it's 1st to 4th now I think that's sorted put good money in those the top 4 in whatever yeah. order and then the other 8 uh, they've also brought in Adi Aziz great name uh, he won the playoff penalty that helped Wimbledon win promotion to League 1 Calm. did you know that? I didn't um, he's 22 year old and apparently he's quite a big deal because they've paid compensation for him which is a big thing for, for Partick Thistle they obviously think he's alright it's not those uh, millionaires or something the so what, Thistle? Couple, aye, have they money. paid it? Well, I, I, I don't know if they paid it. I think that, there might be something on that. They've definitely put money into Why the do they? academy I heard but I don't know if they've put any money into transfers do they, do they quite like Addy as he's they're big fans of him. I've no idea I'm just do we know if Wimbledon if Wimbledon started crying about cross border rules over that one or what was no. that? <laughs> just this, no, no, just uh, yeah, and Stanley, Stanley uh, throwing the world's biggest ditch fit over two players we've acquired. Anyway, sorry. Better. What do you think of Adi Aziz? 
well, he won a playoff penalty. Exactly. And, uh, 22 two, years old as well. Yeah. And uh, two millionaires have paid money for him, so... He's got a good good track record, doesn't he? Looking forward I to wonder seeing. how... Do you reckon like, the guy just plays football manager and like, just thought... Well, no, I'm not saying that he's actually signed this guy. I'm just speculating. Maybe he was watching the playoff final. Came from because maybe mm. he was watching the playoff final and went, "I'm a millionaire. I can buy anyone I want in this pitch." And then Addy Aziz. So, so it's an ego trip. Yeah, for this one guy. But I think you. I don't know anything about him, so I'm not going <laughs> to comment on him. I don't know why I'm going to comment on him. Uh, all I would say is the fact that, be it millionaires or be it whatever, the fact that they've actually paid compensation to Wimbledon means that. Obviously, it's the manager that's probably done it. They obviously think he's all right, so we'll wait and see. But I think yeah, I think nice he might do it. Right. Yeah, so he's got a lot going for him. That is Partick Thistle Rangers last season won the Scottish Championship. Now they've probably been, other than Kilmarnock, the busiest team in the transfer market, and have come Nico Cranchcart, Joey Barton, Matt Jilks, Jordan Rossiter, Clint Hill, Joe Dodo, Do- Dodo, sorry, Joe Dodo. <laughs> Scored on his debut against East Stirling on Friday night. Lee Hodson from MK Dons. He was at Kilmarnock last year. Josh Windass and Matt Crooks, both from Arkington Stanley, as you alluded to a second ago, Callum. Um, lots of names in there. Is there quality as well? Yeah, definitely. I think, <clears throat> obviously, Cranshaw and, and Barton are kind of... Reputation precedes himself. I think um, from Cranshaw looks fantastic so far. I mean, I know he's not played. He's obviously... Motherwell game, he looked good, and then obviously that he's not playing against the greatest of opposition, but he's just he's strolled it so far, and he's not even fit. Barton's came in and, and has looked orga- organised. That's the, that's the one thing I would say about Barton and Clint Hill coming in. They both came in and looked very assured. They've they've organised the the players around them, and I think that's crucial for us this season because I think that's what we're missing at the back, <clears throat> and in that holding midfield role because Halliday's done a superb job. I think given he's not a holding midfielder but having somebody like Joey Barton in there I think is just is fantastic Rossiter's I think England under 19's yeah. captain <laughs> again he was a player that Liverpool fans were, were sad to see go Windass has looked good so far him and Crooks obviously as I said Accrington Stanley weren't exactly pleased to lose them and I think both were named in the top 10 players in League 2 last season um, Jilks as a is solid enough signing. Hodson's looked good, um, and obviously Dodo's got uh, got his debut goal. I think we're still looking to bring in another centre half and another striker. And there's a Twitter rumour <laughs> going oh, about that it's true. yeah that it's Kyle Lafferty, which is I did see that actually. Yeah, which I sent didn't really seem like a which has sent some people over the edge. And if you're a, a sane thinking person, you're not really too bothered. Has it sent them as over the edge? As Paul Larkin on Celtic's pink kit. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that, I thought it was funny. Poor guy. A pink kit. Uh, yeah. That is weird, grown men getting upset about yeah. football kits. Yeah. Weird grown men getting upset about a sport when you think about it, really. Yeah. But well, yeah. It's football, though. Yeah. Um, Rangers have lost probably not any permanent players that you'd really worry about, like Sakami Bell, Nicky Clark, Nicky Law, Dean Shields, Dean Templeton, however. Dean Templeton. Uh, Dean David Templeton even <laughs> Dean Shields David Templeton uh, loans have ended Gideon Zellerlem way back to Arsenal Don Ball way back to Spurs he um, could be returning apparently oh interesting uh, Billy King of course uh, left the club as well uh, Tom Walsh today has gone out on loan to St Mirren Liam Kelly the goalkeeper on loan to Livingston uh, it's fair to say Callum you wouldn't really expect this with the kind of hype around Rangers at the moment but they've not really lost 
any real kind of players of note from last season, other yeah. than maybe Don Ball, who could, as Callum said, return. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you. And any players that they have lost, I think they've more than replaced them. You know, I mean, when you look at Nicky Law, Nico Cranshaw, I mean, <laughs> it speaks for itself. I mean, the calibre of players, as much as I'm a big Dean Shields fan as well, but like, the, the players Rangers have brought in have been absolutely remarkable. Uh, great for the game, and I'm genuinely quite excited to see how they go on next year. Well, excited is maybe the wrong word. Hmm. I think it's fair to say Rangers are, are certainly stronger. Uh, Ross County have brought in experience in the shape of Jay McEvil. I was a bit surprised to see him signing him oh, no. from uh, Sheffield United. Horrible the flashbacks right there. <laughs> 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 Scott. Was it like Iceland or something he was capped against? Or something I, like did they get like three caps over the course of like seven years or something? It was that, it was that <laughs> phase we went through. That horrid phase we went through. We had like kind of broad foot and... Um, yeah, limited ability. scored against Iceland. I do not remember that one though. After after the the when he scored against Iceland, that was his debut, wasn't it? Uh, and then uh, George Burley after the game was like, "Oh, it was it was great. It was great for Cup to you know prove some of his critics wrong. I mean, he done so well for a player of such limited ability." <laughs> I was about to say as well, just Graham Marty. Oh, Graham Marty. I remember him as well. Graham Marty, Evolumo, of course, as well. That was all around the same yeah. kind of. Horrid time that we actually nearly qualified. I think just uh, after almost that, we qualified. Uh, Ross County have lost Jackson Irvin to Burton Albion record transfer fee there. Rocco Quinn has uh, gone to St Mirren. He spent the second half of the season on loan there. I think and he's gone permanently now. Uh, Rafa De Vita has also left the club. Um, that's kind of really it for Ross County. And that they've brought, as I said, McEvely, Christopher Rutis from Bradford City. We've kept this. What's this Dutch tradition about? I was about to say that. <laughs> Kenny van der Weg probably doesn't even exist. He's probably just made up player because they always like just got all of these Dutch players. When, of when did it even start? Ross County Youth Academy in Amsterdam, obviously. Aye. That's where all these players are coming from. But what about um, the captain's going? Isn't he? He wants to leave Davis. Does he? Mm-hmm. I, 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 what's the deal with him? Is he left or? No, he's not left. Oh, but he right. said that he wants to go back down south. Mm. So. Kind of not surprised, like yeah. probably not has seen really kind of been up in North Count or up in Dingwall. Sorry, <laughs> playing there, but I mean he's he's a good good player, yeah, so he'd be one that would miss him. I mean he walked right in last season, was a captain straight away, so that tells you a lot. He's on big yeah. money as well there. It's, so it's certainly they need to, they need to replace him if they get him. Um, thoughts on North County? They won the the League Cup last year. Callum Fisher are they stronger, weaker? About the same. Jackson Irvin's got to be a big miss. Yeah, Jackson Irvin will be a big miss. Uh, I completely forgot. The Vita existed, to be honest. Um, I think, no, I I don't see them really slipping very far. I think they could be a a good bet for sort of fifth, sixth, something like that. Yeah, I think, I mean, as you say, with the top four, and in my opinion, Hamilton, it's really difficult to kind of call where anyone's going to come until we we kind of really, we see them in proper kind of competitive action the first few weeks of the season, but I, th- I think Ross County will be fine, I think they'll, I, I, I think it's difficult for a team like Ross County to top what they did last season, but I think the worst they could do is finish like 8th or something like that, to be quite honest, and even then I don't think there'd be any real relegation, hmm. order, to be honest. St Johnson are the final team of the 12, finished 4th last season, we've got to remember again, again they kind of proved us all wrong. And uh, for me, they've done the best business. I think they've got really good business. They've got Paul Payton in from Dundee United, who I was impressed with whenever I saw him last season. Uh, Blair Alston from Falkirk, of course, 
uh, did really well as well. Whenever you've seen him, Blair Olsen, I think he lacks a bit of pace sometimes, but maybe suited to a team like St. Johnson. Keith Watson as well. Um, both Olsen and Watson have come from championship teams. There's a bit of a rarity this year going championship to premiership. Do you think they're up to the premiership yeah, challenge? Yeah, I mean, Olsen was one of the best players in that league. Um, certainly helped Falkirk get that second place. And you know, Watson as well was um, very, very good for St. Mirren last year, by, by all accounts. Um, it, it is kind of weird because they've, they've strengthened, they've, you know, as you said, they've probably done the best business, maybe out with Rangers. Uh, in the league, and you'd hope you'd maybe expect them to kick on, especially with the kind of mm. results in the league cup as well. But you know, every year, you know, everyone always says, um, or oh, everyone kind of tips St Johnston for kind of bottom six, or, or this will be the year it ends. So maybe this year we'll they'll actually get bottom six, considering there's so much expectation. That's what I was saying. That's my <laughs> thinking. I think they're going to have a shocking season because <laughs> they've done such good business. It's the only thing I can think of. Exactly, kind of St Johnston signings as well. I mean, mm. when these guys yeah. were painting, you just knew we'd end up with St Johnston. Always seemed to be first I know. getting kind of proven players in the SPL and fair play to them. Uh, well, Premiership, sorry, but uh, Keith Watson, I think it was remarkable. He was even at some last year. Yeah. I always rated them um, yeah. higher level than that, and obviously Blair Austin's you know, got the potential, and any time I've seen him, he's impressed me. So I think mm. it's, as per, very good business for St Johnston. Michael Coulson as well from York City's come in. Don't know anything about him, but I'm sure we'll find out about him as the season goes on. Uh, John Sutton's left him. He's gone to St Mirren. Simon Lappin, Scott Brown, uh, Michael Doyle. Trying to think who else has left I, I him. I think apparently Sutton's on quite big wages. So I think that's yeah. probably freed up quite a... Well, possibly. Maybe even get a bit to bring another couple yeah. of players. Maybe. Uh, Daniel Fisher's loan's ended. Uh, and that is basically it. So, best business... Who's done the best business? Rangers. Rangers. Suppose we've got the members over halfway through the transfer yeah. market. Yeah. yeah. I um, think if we can add <coughs> another quality centre half and another quality striker, I think we'll be we'll be we'll be good. But I talk up Rangers enough anyway, so I'll just see on the one you were obviously mentioning about Lafferty. I know it's somewhat mm-hmm. rumour, but what would you would you personally have him back? I meant to ask you at the time. I really liked Lafferty when he was at Rangers before. I thought. There, there is a player that like there obviously is a player of sufficient quality. He's played in, he's played in Italy. He's he's played at a decent level in England, and maybe not made the impact that he really could have. But see, when when Kyle Lafferty's like, he seems as if he's sorted his attitude out in recent years, and I think that's down to Michael O'Neill at Northern Ireland because I think there was a certain game where Lafferty played really badly, and I think he got himself sent off or something, and O'Neill basically said to him that he needed to sort his head out or he wasn't playing for Northern Ireland anymore. And you saw it in the qualifying campaign. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he was a massive part of them getting to the Euros. And I think if <clears throat> I'm in a position now, and it's still a very kind of surreal feeling after, you know, having to go through McCoyce and things like that of trusting the manager when he brings players in. And I think if if Warburton would, was to think that he, he could he could add something, um, and he is of. St- He's obviously good enough quality to succeed in the SPL because or the SPFL as it is now. That I think he, I, th- I would take him back, yeah. But I, because I think he's matured as a, a person, it would appear, um, and he can obviously, he, he's he's done it in the league before. It tended to be around sort of April May time, but I think in the way we play just now, I, I think I think he would do well for us. Yeah, I'd, I'd take mm. him back. Certainly, 
Uh, we will be back uh, when we're doing our season previews to talk about the transfers in Championship League 1 and League 2. We will, of course, also get all the predictions ahead of the new season. Well before the new season, everybody as part of Burst Ball will be given their league table for each league and then we can have a look at them at the end of the season. Uh, and nobody will be getting out of it this year because last year we had debates. We had, oh, I never said that they were going to finish there. This year it's going to be in concrete. Start of the season where everyone thinks they're going to finish and then we can look at it at the end of the season. Um, we'll turn attention now to the European qualifiers. Uh, first of all, a rest in peace message for Hart and <laughs> Hibs who exited Europe uh, last week. One of them kind of valiantly and one quite weakly loose. Yeah, Hibs, I think you could argue, punched above their weight. Um, especially, you know, they were very unlucky in the home leg, you know, conceding that early and they also had a disallowed goal as well. And by all accounts, I think the, the referee was a bit was a bit dodgy. Um, but, you know, you, you get that in Europe. But I think the way leg for me, you know, I, I watched that game and I, you know, I really thought Hibs were excellent. They really were. Um, and they, they more than deserved that win. Um, they were unlucky in the end, penalties. I mean, in the quality of Bromby kind of shone through. But, uh, yeah, but uh, regarding Hearts, I think the. The, the, the way I said about that, the better because um, I mean, I watched their lay leg and I really felt just watching that. I felt you know, Hearts had the majority of possession here, they'll go to Tynecastle, they'll have the majority of possession there, and you know, they'll get the goals. And it just didn't happen. I, I didn't I didn't see the the home leg, but um, by all accounts, it was a bit it was, it was pretty poor. And I think just just the fact that they get, did get knocked out by a team from, from Malta, I know we've had a fair share of bad results but I think over two legs um, yeah. that is, is, is pretty mm. pretty poor I think disappointing yeah. but um, we go on we still get two out of the four still surviving uh, Celtic in Champions League action after seeing off the might of Lincoln Red Imps they pl- face uh, the Kazakhstan champions Astana first leg Wednesday 3 o'clock kick off UK time second leg uh, the following Wednesday at Celtic yeah, Park quarter to 8 kick off sports I think oh, dearie me um, yeah. we're going to phone uh, Stuart Duff in a wee while uh, the former Aberdeen Dundee United footballer who also played in Kazakhstan we'll get his thoughts on uh, how he sees the tie going but what are the initial thoughts uh, what kind of rating do you give Celtic chance of going through because this is going to be a tough one I do think they'll do it um, but to be fair to that it's probably a lot of ignorance in my part because I don't know enough mm. about Astana to be the, quite honest they were in the group stage last year yeah. they were in a group with Galatasaray uh, Atletico Madrid Benfica and they only, they only lost two out of the six games they drew the other four so you could also say they didn't win any but I remember watching because it was those games that were on it was it like four o'clock yeah, they were on yeah, it and yeah. I remember seeing I saw the Benfica an Atletico game and they were even games they didn't fluke their way mm-hmm. to points they had chances to yeah. win the games I think they were 2-1 up against Benfica Benfica came back um, so that's clearly a good side I think they beat a few good sides as well um, last year in the qualifying I'm trying to think exactly who they beat I think they beat they beat a f- like good mm-hmm. teams that kind of Celtic would maybe struggle against so I think they're, they're clearly a, a capable team No, absolutely um, but I just think that I know it's probably the most dinosaur thing you can say in terms of like, you know, kind of passive about games like that. But Celtic go over there and get a result. I mean, anything will happen at Park Kid. Mm. Well, Celtic Park, sorry. I mean, th- there's no doubt about that. I mean, I just well, if they can go over there and not disgrace themselves, which I don't think they'll do anyway. But even getting away goal, you know, they're they're laughing. I think mm. I know that's not famous last words, but mm. I, I do believe Celtic will make it to the next round. What's a good result then? 
I think anything that involves Celtic scoring, scoring, yeah, provided it's not like six one or something <laughs> like that. But I think it's difficult to tell because obviously you, one, I'm not a Celtic fan, and two, you haven't really, you not really tested yourselves in competitive games against a decent opposition. I know obviously losing to Red Amps was. I mean, it was funny, but I mean, like, but and then beating them at home, it's difficult to tell really what to expect. Whereas against the Stana, you're coming up a, up against a decent opposition, as Hamish has said. Um, it'll be tough, but I, I think Celtic will get through the tie, really. Yeah, I'm um, quite worried about this game, maybe more so than the other two panelists. Um, what's funny, actually, the they we might have a game at the weekend. And uh, I was against Shakhtar Karagandi of all teams, and uh, Karagandi actually postponed it to help them for this to get prepared oh. for this game. So um, better about the last time then. Right? Apparently, yeah. <laughs> so um, nah, I just especially with the pedigree and Champions League before, maybe this has just came a wee bit too early for us. Um, don't get me wrong, we've we've shown glimpses. I mean, in the Leicester game, we we actually done okay. I know it's a friendly. Um, Wolfsburg, we done okay as well, but. Um, yeah, I, I really do kind of worry about this game uh, coming up. Um, I said, we've got a very good pedigree and I, I generally... Getting anything over there would be a, a, a massive achievement, I think. Uh, absolutely. Um, but I believe that genuinely the signing of Colo Toure will play, surely. Will, will he play? Because he's, well, he's, he's, he's eligible. I'm not sure, but... Um, but well, I was thinking, you know, I mean, if you get a defender of that quality, then you know, you never know. But it's just Celtic for me at the moment. I think I maybe because um, we signed them so late. I don't know. If we but I, th- I thought he was that. able to be eligible, but I could be wrong. I know Colatori actually won't play at all. Well, um, right. He's not been registered in time. Yeah, I'm also delighted to say that we're now joined on the line by the former Aberdeen and Dundee United footballer Stuart Duff. Just wanting to get your opinions uh, ahead of this Celtic uh, tie against Astana. Now, I know you've played in Kazakhstan. Tell us a bit about what Celtic are going to experience over there. Um, well, Celtic have had the luxury of, you know, they've played a few years ago in Karaganda, uh, actually at the same stadium that they're going to be playing Astana, and that's their home ground. Um, this this time of year, it's the temperatures are quite mild, and they're, they're playing an Astana team in form just now, so... It all sets up for an interesting tie, to be honest. So, um, tell us a bit about Astana as a team. We know they were in the, the group stage of the Champions League last year, uh, unbeaten at home against the likes of Benfica, Atletico Madrid. They also did well in qualifiers. Other than all the conditions and the, the plastic pitch and stuff like that, they're actually a good team. Yeah, yeah, they are a good team. They've got very, very strong quality right throughout their squad. Uh, they tend to bring in five or six uh, high-end international players. Uh, they're right back, centre-half. Uh, centre midfield and their striker they're just basically down the spine of their team is, is where they're strongest but they have been very they've been a force to reckon with the last three or four years in Kazakhstan they've, they've won the leagues they've, they've progressed further each year in Europe and it just shows you the, the high standard of the quality they do have it's, you know they've, they've found it easy to get through the group stages they're very very good at home they play on that surface all the time I don't think that's a huge factor but um, they seem to play better in their own surroundings to be honest yeah, we know, of course, you're not in Kazakhstan at the moment, but um, how do you think the media will be kind of treating over there? Will they see, they'll know Celtic is a big name, of course, but will they see this as a, a very winnable tie for Astana? Well, of course, I've spoken to three or four people from uh, Kairat and some people from Astana as well, and they see this game as definitely winnable for them at home. Um, they know all about the, the Celtic's history and stuff like that, and they... 
Celtic's a huge name right throughout the throughout the world, to be honest. And I think for a stand, it's a it's a, a very good draw for them. You know, it publicises you know the Kazakhstan football league, and you know that's that's exactly the games they're wanting against the LXS Celtic, Benfica teams like this. You know, so uh, and to be honest, every game they've played, they've held their own, and I think they were quite fortunate to get through. Um, to play Celtic but yeah. they'll be looking at this definitely a winnable tie especially at home and uh, just take in the second leg and see what happens Yeah we were talking a minute ago there they actually were meant to have a game uh, the weekend against of course Shakhtar Karagandia of all teams uh, that was postponed to help them does that kind of signal the, the mood in Kazakhstan that they're all behind Astana maybe unlike it would be in this country Yeah you find you find that all the teams that tend to play in Europe and uh especially in Kazakhstan, um, regardless of teams or cities, they all seem to get behind the team, whoever's playing in Europe, whether it be the Europa League or the Champions League, you know, there'll be a big crowd there, and the TV, the radio, you can see by the Football Federation as well, you know, they take this very seriously because it, it gets them further on points, you know, for the national team, and it's easier for teams to qualify in the Euro- Europa League and go in a, a stage later, you know, if the teams do well, so um, you can just see with them getting the the game postponed, you know, you wouldn't really see that tend to see that happening in uh, England or Scotland, to be honest. But that's just a sign of how much they, they really want Astana to go through as a country and as a club. Yeah. So, what kind of percentage chance do you give Celtic of qualifying from this third round game? I think, to be honest, it's 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 very early days. You know, it's just it's quite strange for teams to be playing this time of year. But Celtic and uh, Astana find themselves having played two or three qualifying games to get to this stage. And mm-hmm. I mean, I would give Celtic chances, no, just just as good as the Stanners. You know, I think Celtic are probably on paper a stronger team. Uh, it's a bit of a, the element of unknown, but I'm sure Brendan Rodgers and his coaching staff have done the have done the right thing and prepared well. And you know, the players will know what they're coming up against, and that's that's something that's it's the element of surprise with that because some of these minnow teams on paper, you'd look at and go Kazakhstan, you wouldn't you wouldn't automatically think they were a, a strong force, but over the last three or four years you've seen against Scottish teams and other European teams that have done very well Yeah of course um, it was Keira Almaty who beat Aberdeen last year you look at Aberdeen this year same round they play Maribor this time round your former club uh, Aberdeen how do you see them getting on? Um, I've, been, I've been fortunate enough to watch uh, and commentate on the last few Aberdeen games and I think they've slowly but surely became stronger they had a, a terrible performance in Luxembourg but it's probably one of those that was going to happen and you'd rather it happened against a lesser team who's not going to punish you as much. Uh, they could count themselves quite fortunate, but over over in Ventspils, they were uh, a very, very professional outfit. Even at home, the kind of tie was dead and buried and Ventspils had to come out and have a go at Aberdeen. But you found that Aberdeen very, very professional, very well, great, great game for Aberdeen. And to get a, to get a goal at the end, just uh, put icing on the cake. So I think Aberdeen will be going to this with a... A lot of confidence. They've got a fully fit squad. Um, ben McInnes straight after the game is looking at Maribor and see what they're up against. And I, I'm, I'm hoping for for Scottish football and Celtic and Aberdeen get the right results and progress through the next round. Yeah, we will of course in the in the studio here chat about that game in the next ten minutes or so. Uh, just about yourself, Stuart. How's it going at Cove Rangers? You enjoyed the the League Cup and how that kind of stuff's going. Yeah, it's been not too bad. It's, um, we're a bit like professional teams. We, we've only got a few weeks rest and we're straight back into it. So you, part of you actually quite likes that because as soon as you stop at the end of the season, you're wanting to get straight back into it. So a couple of weeks recuperation and then you're into this new league uh, league cup format. It's just been interesting and it gives 
gives teams like ourselves, you know, not the not the biggest teams, a, a chance uh, a chance to play against top end uh, opposition like your likes of Ross County, Alloa and Wraith Rovers. And I think we've gave a good account of ourselves so far. We just we didn't really turn up against Alloa, but Wraith Rovers, you know, we had a good performance there. Just unlucky to lose a lose a late goal, and um, we've got Montrose on Wednesday, and then Ross County on Saturday. So the games are coming thick and fast, but. This is basically being used as our pre-season just now, to be honest. Our manager, he said that, you know, it's all about fitness. And you'd rather play against high-end high end players instead of going out and playing a, a junior side that you beat 9-10-0 because you won't really gain too much from that. Whereas the likes of Ross County, Alloa, Wraithrovers, for instance, Matros, you're going to have to chase the balls. And that's where you'll get your match fitness and game fitness. And your sharpness will all come from that. Yeah, you are of course playing in the League Cup, courtesy of your your Highland Cup, uh, Highland League, sorry, triumph last season. What's the mood ahead of the new season? You hoping to maybe go one better this time and even possibly come up to the SPFL? I think that, that's definitely got to be the aim. I think there'll be two or three Highland League teams with a, with an eye on that because um, Cove ourselves probably let ourselves down uh, with the playoff situation with Edinburgh City last year. You know, we hadn't had performances like that the whole season and. For it to for it to happen the way it did, you know, it was a very disappointing end to the season, to be honest. So we're uh, we've been working hard through pre-season. We've recruited well. We've got a couple of good new signings, and you know, we've got a fully fit squad. And it's a bit, it's quite actually quite a big squad. So there's competition for places, and I'm sure we'll be like two or three other teams in the Highland League looking to go one more. Uh, hopefully, win the league, get a cup, and uh, progress into the Scottish leagues because um, it's it is it is very appealing for teams that there is a chance that we can do that and um, it, it is definitely a good format. That was Stuart Duff there, uh, the Cove Rangers footballer, former player for Aberdeen, Dundee United, many other clubs including a stint in Kazakhstan. Uh, he was talking about Aberdeen there, Lewis, um, how do you kind of hold out hope for them against Maribor? Oh, um, tough to say, um, obviously we played Maribor uh, a few seasons back. Uh, they were champions then, and not champions now, so maybe a better team back then. But, you know, I, I remember that tie quite vividly. Certainly we got a pretty decent uh, result over there in Maribor, um, but it was the home leg that really let us down. And um, I, I just remember there was, you know, we struggled to get the first, or just any goal really, and then uh, we kind of struggled after that. And it was always a kind of inevitable feeling that Maribor were going to score. And I never felt they were particularly that much better than us that night, but... Um, yeah, they put us out, but um, I think Aberdeen again. It's a tough one. It really is. But um, I mean, they're capable. They're more than capable. I mean, if they uh, if they if they're the best they can be, I think they definitely can take something off Maribor. But they need to be other very very best. They certainly got a good record against Scottish opposition. Celtic Rangers, Hibs, all fallen in the last what seven eight years. Yeah, <coughs> yeah, that the Maribor brings up really depressing memories actually for everyone <laughs> yeah um, no I agree with Lewis I think Aberdeen need to be at their best but I think if you were to I mean I think me, me and yourself were quite confident Hearts would do quite well Aye. but I mean I, I think I, as I said I expect Celtic to, to progress and I think um, Aberdeen definitely can do it but it's going to be tough um, but it, you know you think I, I don't know, it's, it's so difficult because It's their best chance, you look yeah. in the last couple of years I'd real so say that I think the first year No chance, You're not. I don't care, you're not going to beat them um, Other than a miracle uh, Last year they had uh, Am I right in saying Kera? It was Kera Almaty That was there, I mean we spoke to Stuart there There's a lot of money in the 
Kazakh football at the moment, but it's all the travelling. I know, but I just think this one is by far the best one. It's kind of an alright location, Maribor. When they when they played Celtic two years ago, they didn't they didn't really kind of. I didn't look at them and go, "Oh, you're a great side." And as you say, they're no long no longer champions. I don't know who actually is in that country. I can't even think. Oh, is it the sorry? Uh, the it's the uh, uh, <laughs> Olympic Ljubljana or something Ljubljana. like that. Uh, so obviously, Maribor aren't champions. I just think Aberdeen is Scotland's second place team last season. Uh, I would I would yeah. hold out a bit of hope for them. I think I'm an, of I'm of the opinion that in both in terms of Celtic and Aberdeen, they can only beat themselves. Really, I think I, that might sound again really naive, but I think there you've got two teams that really should be progressing against the teams they're against. Um, obviously, Astana did well in the Champions League, but Celtic have got good enough players there. I think as I think if they were to get a goal, as we were talking about in the away leg, that at home they would have enough to see them off. I think Aberdeen, as you say, Scotland's second place team. You know, it's a two-legged tie. The the issues with Aberdeen are very much squad depth issues. So I think on with the team they have, they they could have enough to get through. I think, and uh, I think as I say, it would only be if if Aberdeen were to not play as well as we know they can do, um, that the that they would go out. Uh, just quickly, I'll point out. Um, I know there's a lot of kind of doom and gloom about the kind of results we've got recently, but um, we've actually got more. Sp- Coefficient points from uh, the teams mm. out with Celtic this year than we, than we did for the total of last year. That's like because five last year, but team, 6.5 this year. It helps yeah, when teams are, are actually because they do it separately, uh, game by game. No, it's not like the tie. Like yeah. Hibs would have got a point for beating um, Brown be away from yeah. home. Hearts would have got two two points for the first round games for winning both of them. But it's interesting to look yeah. at. But I, I don't think it's. I mean, you've got to remember last year we did have St Johnson going out to Alish Care yeah. and Inverness not even scoring a goal as well. So it was a disappointing year, and I think it's only going to get better. You look at Rangers; well, Rangers will be yeah. in Europe next year, uh, barring some sort of miracle. So I think, I think you, if you have your top four teams in the country in Europe next year, I think we might we might do all right. Um, but we're at this stage at the moment where folk are complaining about these early first round games. Aberdeen having to play like teams for Luxembourg and that. I think it's actually good because it gives us the it points. Gives us points, yeah, and, that's the main and thing. They're, they're, they are easy games. I know Aberdeen yeah. lost in Luxembourg; they still won the tie. Um, Hearts had no problems against Infinite, so I just I think these games give you points. I mean, I think it really annoys me. This thing is, I don't think we really ask for too much of our teams. I yeah. think we just ask for teams to just punch at their weight. You know, yeah. Hearts should be beating a team like that. It's, it's yeah. a fact. You know, Hibs. Mm. I don't think anyone's really crying about the fact that no. they're going out. I mean, <laughs> it, it, was a, it is what it was. They put up a fight. You know, people are more happy about that. You know, Celtic shouldn't be losing to a team from Gibraltar. Aberdeen shouldn't be losing from a, 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 a team from Luxembourg. We just ask our teams to do. What's you know mm. expected mm. of them really? I feel. So how many? Just quickly, uh, of Celtic and Aberdeen. Who, who's going to go through both of them? One, neither. Zero. None. Are you joking? <laughs> you think both are going to go out? Oh. I mean, I, I mean, maybe we'll. So you think we're going to have Europa, but I don't think we're going past the start. I just, I don't know. I think it's too early for us. I think Celtic will go through, and I want to say Aberdeen will go through, but I just. I I just don't know. I really don't know. It's I think Celtic will definitely go through. <coughs> I'll just, I'll be I'll be the positive one for once then. I'll say yeah. they'll both go through. I hope they'll both go through. I think, you? I think Aberdeen will be fine. Forgive my ignorance, are Aberdeen home or away first leg? Do we I know? Away. That sure could be alright. If that is the case, that could work into their favour. Sure. Um I think Aberdeen will go through and I, I, 
I don't know because I'd really if you ask me after the first leg I'll give you a definitive answer if you're asking me now I genuinely think it's 50-50 I could see I could easily see Celtic going over and crumbling in Kazakhstan uh, under all the heat the plastic pitch not being watered but I think more than anything else the fact that you can't miss is the fact that Astana are a good team I would need a home first okay Um, I think I think I've got a kind of bad feeling that Celtic might crash out I think um but again, I think they might do alright in the Europa League. But I think I think Celtic might go out. But ask me on uh, Wednesday. It's always that thing about though when it's your own team. Aye, and I you're hesitant to like. Yeah. I know. But I, I think I think Aberdeen will win. Do we all think Aberdeen? No, you don't, obviously, Lewis. But I, I think Aberdeen. You don't as well. So. I just um, I, I really want them to, and I think they can. But it's yeah. just Aye. kind of the same way. Like, well, no, it's not. I was going to say it's kind of same thing with the kind of Aberdeen title challenge. Kind of thing mm. for me, like they're more than capable of doing it. But it's just if, if they got it, I mm. I really hope they do it for the sake of the game and for Aberdeen as well. Because as you say, it might be their best chance. I think yeah, uh, Aberdeen at home. Aberdeen at home first. first leg. Yeah. See, as long as they're still. Because I think they'll score. The I think I, I think they're, they're more than capable of scoring. No, no, I think does them. I genuinely think no, no does them. Then go over there and nick a goal. Because Aberdeen, are, Aberdeen will score away from home. They're a great counter attacking team. I think it's the opposite for me. I mm. think they need to get the business done at home. That's why I would have preferred if they were away first. Aye. Well, we'll see anyway. Um, we're an hour and twenty minutes into the podcast. We only get ten to go, uh, so we're not going to have time really to talk about the Betfred Cup really because we've not really discussed that. Uh, I'll just quickly run through the groups. Uh, East Fife seem to be the team from Group A they've got 8 yeah. points um, I'm trying to work out who's qualified here and it's usually easy because you go they've got 3 so they can't catch them but now with all this penalty bonus point stuff I'm looking at it and going what Second place uh, East Fife I think I've, but teams have got gaming hands as well East Fife are top of Group A with 8 points Dundee have 4 uh, St Johnson are well clear in Group B they've got 6 Stirling Albion Breakin Falkirk and Elgin all have 3 uh, Group C goes Dundee United 7 Dunfermline 6 Inverness 4 I think it'll be out of those 3 that's quite a strong group when you've got Dundee United Dunfermline Inverness all in there uh, Group D um, Wraith Rovers have 8 Alloa 6 Ross County 4 Montrose and Stuart Duff's Cove Rangers pointless uh, group E, Queen of the South and Partick Thistle both have six. Queen's Park, Airdrieonians both three. Stenhouse Muir yet to pick up a point. Uh, group F is quite a nice symmetry. Rangers have nine. Stranraer have six. Motherwell have three. Annan have none and neither do East Stirling. Group G, Air United and St Mirren are at top. Um, Livingston three, Hamilton three and Edinburgh with none unfortunately. Although I think they missed quite a good chance late on against Air United to get a point of the weekend. And Group H, Morton are running away with that one. Um, they've got eight points. Albion have got three. Kilmarnock have got three. Uh, Berwick Rangers have got two and Clyde have got two. So Kelly could still finish bottom of that group. <laughs> I know. We've got to Berwick the morning night as well. Too. Okay, good one. It's a good away day that. Aye. Bit of a mission though, but well, a certain um, Stevie Creepy consuming alcohol on the way there. No, actually, he he'll not be there. No, uh, no. unfortunately, <laughs> well, fortunately rather for me, but and we'll keep we'll keep it at that. I think, <laughs> uh, and we'll return to question time because we've got a raft of new questions and they've been coming all summer, um, and we'll kind of cut through a few of them now from our favourite. Uh, favourite um, fans fans of what I'm looking for there uh, starting with Jordan McMenemy uh, his question I'll ask this one to you Lewis which players would you see signing for Celtic uh, I think immediately Sinclair's a guy that's getting kind of bandied about um, Flanagan as well um, I've also heard Serge Gnabry 
I don't know if that's folk just oh. saying names or what. Um, but you think Sinclair will happen? Uh, if they don't the, get the, 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 Sinclair, they'll sign Narby, I think. The only thing about Sinclair is that Rogers seems quite insistent on signing him, I feel. The, the rumours were today that Sinclair was actually in Glasgow, but the yeah. deal's not, the fee's not even it's been agreed. It's something to do with the agent, I think. Uh, not rumoured to be four and a half million. Uh, well, well I, I heard uh, 2.8. I three year left in his contract. Bingo. So. Would you be happy with four point four and a half million? <sighs> even even what was it two point eight? We don't know how he'll do, but I mean, if it's, it's, if it's a Sinclair from Swansea, then I I know, but I think it just it throws up the questions that you get with Rogers had at Liverpool, where he was just kind of chucking money at players that didn't deliver at times, mm-hmm. and that's what would worry me if I was. I mean, I mean, Flanagan. I think if we got him, I mean, I'd, I'd take him in a, a second. Mm-hmm. I think. I, I, I mean, it's I a left, left back. back. Uh, right back. Right back. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, Jordan's also asking you, Callum Scott, not you, but I'll ask you, uh, how do you see Edinburgh City getting on in the first season? Don't um, give me your kind of definitive prediction, but just give us a vague kind of leave the, the, the question still in the air, but, but can I give me an answer? Uh, the question is, what is the question for that? <laughs> I, I could not. <laughs> predict where they're going to finish at all I think it's it's good though to see a totally different team though yeah. in, in the new setup because uh, obviously we all know the kind of Brora conspiracy for the other year there um, about whether they actually mm. wanted to go up or not but I think um, that, you never know that's as good as I I'll go out in an early limb and I don't think they'll finish bottom I don't no, no I don't think they'll finish bottom well, you said played well against the United though I wasn't there, but I heard I heard that there wasn't much in it. I heard it was a dire, dire uh-huh. game, but there wasn't much in it, apparently. They also got hammered 7 0 by Hibs and a friendly. The Cummings Derby. Jack Thompson's wondering, uh, I'll throw this out to all of you. With Celtic favourites to win the league, could you consider favourites for runners up? It's a debate that I think God. probably when Matt Finlay comes back is going to be had quite vociferously on many podcasts yeah, all it season. Get, it could get quite interesting it's between me and Matt, I think. <laughs> Uh, well, I suppose it would have to be Rangers, but I'm in this weird position where I don't want to be overconfident, but I don't want to be because of the who we are and things like that. I don't want to be like, oh, second would be good. Second doesn't really ever good enough for a team like Rangers, mm. to be quite honest. I think we need to be. <clears throat> we're not going to. I don't think there's ever going to become a stage where we're going to cruise it. But at the same time, I don't think we're exactly entering. You know a carbon copy of the Bundesliga here I think with the players we've brought in the football we play the manager we've got I think we have to be considered second mm. I get why especially uh, Matt is confident that they can do it and I think Hearts should be as well but I don't I don't know what it is I just I don't I just can't bring myself to say we're going to finish bolt like like, like I can see us dropping off so much that we're going to finish like fourth or third. Do you know what I mean? It's possible, of course. Is, it is. I'm asking this question. Like, um, is it acceptable to finish third or fourth? No, no. That's what I'm saying then. So because I is, think is second acceptable. Second uh, first season, yeah. Because, uh, yes, I think it, because it depends. But I know because like if they if it's quite neck and neck, and if they're a lot of points are kind of taken off. Right but there, then. I think again, though, it comes if you look at it in perspective. Fifteen months ago, like you say, yeah, so you look I at you look at it, you go, this isn't a project at Rangers that started back in twenty twelve when we went down to the third division. This has been fifteen months, In fifteen months we've had new board come in, new manager, completely new football and philosophy, a new group of players. We've won the championship at a relative canter, 
got a Scottish Cup final, finally won the Petrofact Cup, <laughs> and we've got up. And now, if you were to say next season, so, and to be in 15 months at the position where we're signing Joey Barton and Nico Cranchar and, you know, these exciting younger players from England and things like that, I think it's an incredible achievement. The, the fact that it's, this isn't a project that's been done over various years, this has been done in 15 months. Yeah. The culture around the football, like the actual club, has changed. But so, I mean, the only thing I'd say that is, um, you know, Hearts were, you know, what was it, maybe a, what, a year, a year, year or two or whatever, away from, you know, liquidation and then, you know, finished third last year and they were getting booed in these qualifiers. Yeah, I think it's a different issue because yeah, I've seen, like, like a, a, couple of, aye, a couple <laughs> of guys I've seen on Twitter that are sort of the Hearts persuasion have yeah. seen that there seems to be this weird entitlement aye, the yeah, thing uh, at Hearts and they, they can't understand it and things like that. But for me, I think... If we were to see if we finish second this season, I'll take that because uh, from where as I, I think I've said that this must be my, my kind of catchphrase in this podcast. From where we've been and what's happened, and the fact that as I say, in about fifteen months, everything the club has gotten to where it's gotten to, I think you'd have to be mental if you were, you know, saying that second would be such a ridiculous. Like, I mean, we've already got people saying the perfect because we only beat and in 3 now when we were kind of like strolling it in the second half that it's not good enough and just complete mentalism like that but no offence Paul Larkin yeah <laughs> but um, <laughs> no. I think it's no offence half a fall fall as it was the other night but um, no I think I, I think we are fav- I think we've just gone on a weird Rangers tangent here but I, I'd say we are favourites but it would be naive to write off Aberdeen and Hearts I think mm-hmm um, the, well the answer to your question Jack is the bookies have made Rangers big favourites uh, to finish second so I suppose yeah. uh, the rest is kind of just opinion but the bookies are always right we know that uh, apart from last year um, with Leicester Kieran Poland uh, I'll ask you Callum Scott actually do you feel that and he's put uh, kind of brackets Lincoln defeat aside Brendan Rodgers has turned the Celtic squad around now he is saying i.e. Wolfsburg Leicester of course he probably knows well of course he knows himself but they were friendlies um, and as Callum said earlier we can't really Celtic haven't really had a competitive test yeah. yet we'll find out maybe on certainly find out over the course of the Astana tie how he's kind of gotten on with Celtic um, so do you think he's turned the squad around yet? Well Redham's game I mean as much as it was kind of funny I mean everybody knew that Celtic were going to go back uh, there was no question that Celtic ever Get out there, you know. Well, but certainly not for no. me. I mean, it was it was a total freak result. In everybody knew Celtic were going to get the business done at Celtic Park. Is it on the squadron? I was talking to Lewis about this earlier. In terms of player caliber of player, I think that Celtic are still missing some real quality, real quality in it. If I was a Celtic fan, I would be frightened the Rangers just now to be honest I mean it's not like Rangers you know Rangers have brought in unbelievable players superior players in certain positions that what Celtic have got just now I think obviously Colotore is a step in the right direction good bit of business um, Dembele brought in good bit of business but I think they're severely lacking a kind of centre mid that's got to open up defences uh, along with a few squad players maybe even another striker I don't know but it's early days yet, but there's no doubt Brendan Rodgers will get the job done at Celtic if that's any kind of question that's been asked there. There's no doubt that like early stages yet. I mean, 
and as you said, they were two friendlies against Wolfsburg and Leicester. So. Mm. Kieran's also wondering, uh, do you think Scott Brown will answer his critics and improve upon last season's dire form? He doesn't have to do much to improve upon last season. No, not at all. Um, to be fair, I, Brown, I thought he actually he actually done all right in the the, the home leg of the, the Red Imps game. But, um, nah, he was absolutely dire in the home leg. Um, so, I, I don't know. I, I really don't know at this point. There's, there's not been enough games, really, for mm. us to see. Um, I think the key for Brown, for, for me anyway, is not playing onside Beaton, which might kind of surprise a lot of people because obviously Beaton's quite highly rated. But for me, you know, when Brown plays with Beaton, it slows that midfield. You know, we saw it in the semi against Rangers, probably was the most famous example of it, but just slows the complete pace of that midfield down. And uh, I think Brown's a, a worse player for it, really. Mm. I, th- I think him playing in the, that role himself, I think he's more suited to playing that. Mm. I think, I mean, I would never have said this six months ago, but I think Callum McGregor's a better option than either yeah. Beaton or Brown in the midfield for kind of injecting a bit of life to them. Because Beaton's like a class player, but he's just so slow. He's almost as if he believes his own praise in Scotland and he thinks, I'm too good for this now. He's also quite inconsistent as well. Yeah. You can tell like, there's certain games where he'll just be the best player in the park and mm. complete stroll, and then other games where he'll struggle and he can't string five passes together, you know. So mm. it's. There's also this thing about Scott Brown isn't going to be dropped because he's the captain. Yeah. Like, he's just as no, simple as that. Well, I mean, he's not I mean, going Rogers, to be dropped. Actually, I don't know if it's Rogers or if it's Brown, but they met each other in yeah. London. So yeah, for dinner, for that. dinner and tea or whatever. So, um, and I mean, listen, here's the thing about Brown. You know, we've talked about this before. Like, <coughs> he's not getting any younger, and I think a large part of his game before was, you know, was due yeah, his energy, kind of energy his tenacity, his that, pace. No, that know. was his game. That was, yeah. yeah. I mean, he can't pass the ball. You know, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I love Brown. When he's on his day, you know, I, there's no a, a, a player I'd want in that team than Scott Brown. Mm. But um, for the way Rogers wants to play, I don't know if Scott Brown is the ideal candidate, considering his uh, lack of a bit, maybe technical ability. Interesting. Uh, mm. yeah. So is that a yes or a no? Will he improve on last season we'll under Rogers? We'll see what happens <laughs> on that fence. Yeah. Uh, Hibs talk. Uh, our good friends from Leith. I've sent us in a wee message. They're asking us, um, despite going out in their first round, do you think Hibs' European performance did the country proud? We kind of touched on it a wee bit earlier. Uh, again, we were splitting the, the old busball group chat. Connor Park, I mean, he's kind of biased oh. against Hibs, of course, as much as he is in favour of Falkirk. He was saying, failure's failure. Uh, Callum Fisher also said that we've got kind of this mentality in the country, which I agree with completely. Where we we sometimes applaud failure when, and can kind of get to the point where it's almost seen as success when it is still failure. It literally happens every end of every national qualifying campaign. Aye. So yeah, aye, well with Scotland I completely agree. Um, but is there a case for credit here for Hibs and and the second leg result anyway? If you take them as isolated games, absolutely for me. Um, might not be the popular opinion, but I mean Lewis made a brilliant point when we were talking about European games before that. All we're asking is for teams to punch at their weight. Aye. Hearts didn't do it. Celtic didn't do it the first leg. Were we expecting Hibs to go over there and win? No, we weren't. So they were eight to one before the game. Exactly, exactly. And for Hibs to go there and get a result and take that penalties was brilliant because after you always there's a wee bit of romance about what you know Europe when you're thinking oh you know you never know what can happen first leg you're thinking oh, Hibs got a good result here you never know beat one now. I'm sure most people they thought the same as me are thinking, well, that's that well over. You know what I mean? They've got to go over there and they've got to beat them three 0 or something. And 
for him to go there and take the game to penalties, well, to firstly win over there and then take the game to penalties, I thought it was brilliant. And it was a lottery about who's going through penalties. I think Hibs deserve a lot of credit for the way they played. No, certainly, I've seen some of the highlights and it didn't look as if it was a fluky result either. It looked as if they had um, some good chances as well when they played very kind of really well against a good Bromby team. Like they're, they're a decent side. They've got probably kind of aspirations to win that league this yeah. year and get into the Champions League next year. So I mean, right, Hibs was well forget that forget us. I mean, Hibs are a championship team. You know, yeah, the second well, team in this country. Although they obviously have a big budget, uh, budget, but um, <laughs> budget, yeah. Um, but uh, again, like uh, to be fair, like and, and I kind of sympathise with what uh, Cal. Uh, Kelly Cal says, uh, but also sort of agree with uh, Cal was uh, Fisher as well. Uh, we shouldn't be celebrating failure. That is maybe one of the kind of things about being Scottish. That's kind of glorious failure type thing. But you know, saying that again, nobody expected him to do it. They're playing in the second tier. Um, you know, this should still be applauded somewhat as well. Mm. Steve McLeod has started with a statement. He's saying Wraith have made some interesting signings. I think top four, you guys, question mark. Uh, and he's also said he's excited for the return of the podcast. See, that's oh, brilliant. Um, so he thinks top four, they finished in the top four, fourth last season. Um, however, that was under Ray McKinnon. They now have a certain Mr. Locke in charge. Um, but they have brought in, and I'll say these names, Rudy Scatchel, Chris Johnson, Kevin McCarthy, Bobby Barr, who I think is one that's gone unnoticed. It's a really good signing for them. Declan McManus. Jim Jeffries. Um, <laughs> Aaron Lennox, uh, the goalkeeper from Aberdeen as well. Um, they've lost a few good players as well. They've lost Lewis Toshney. Uh, they've lost James Cragen. Uh, they've also lost uh, Joe Thomas, uh, Kieran Campbell, um, and also the boy that's going to Falkirk uh, that Connor Park wouldn't reveal transfer sources. But that's another issue. Uh, how do we Is see. Was he for Queen of the South? Was he for Queen of the South? Uh, Sorry, uh, that's my bad then. Aye. Um, but anyway, looking at uh, this season, um, top four, I know probably not because you'll say Gary Locke. I'll get my opinion in a wee second. I th- well, Gary Locke for one, and uh, <laughs> Gary Locke for two as well. Gary Locke for two, <laughs> Kevin McCarty for three, and uh, no, I think <laughs> I, th- I expect Hibs to win the league, and I think Dundee United, Falkirk, and St Mirren. There's my top four already. So. Uh, and uh, Gary, Gary Lott for five <laughs> <laughs> what fifth uh, place uh, they can't be that bad like, they're, they're a good they're look fall. at that business no I know it's just funny the first names you read off you could all see where they've I like, know Gary Rudy Scatchel Chrissy Johnson Carol's, Kevin McCarthy Jeffrey's <laughs> dinosaurs dinosaurs <laughs> uh, I think and I, I know my kind of opinion because I've, I've never really properly seen a Gary Locke team and I know it's being likeable doesn't make you a good manager uh, I think this is the one for him I think he has a nice fit I think this see when you see some appointments and I'll admit that I thought St Mirren Ian Murray last year was one of them um, but I thought when I saw this I thought he's a right fit for Wraith right now and I think he'll do quite well with them I that's a that's a very good point mate I feared for Wraith Rovers when I found out who got the job but I can actually see what you're saying there. I think this is, to be fair to him, this is maybe his depth. Like this is a good. This is this will define the yeah. rest of wait, what has been legacy. a abysmal <laughs> managerial career thus far for Gary Law. I think this is his first real chance. At, you know, 
maybe saying that well, maybe there was something I don't know. There's no I mean, excuses this time. I was <laughs> there's people I know who, who have worked under him who have said that Lockie's a good guy but he's not a good manager. So I mean that says a lot as well. Right. But but I believe that the signings that have brought in have been very good. Um but like I say Scatchel it's a bit of excitement but I think Scatchel's gonna I, do really well for him. I, I, I just I think hope he's he does because he's a quality player yeah. but I just th- what is it, 38? But, I, but, but this is a similar thing when uh, Rangers were in um, the first season in, in the Championship where they had, you know, a, a lot of these kind of maybe top flight players usually. They kind of brought them in and it didn't really work, really. Yep. I, I mean, that's kind of what I kind of see happening here. I, don't I just see Scatchel slightly differently. I think he's just, I think he'll do well. I think he'll score goals for me. I think he's still a good player. Yeah, well, you think of Scatchel, you don't think, it's not like, oh, he's lost his pace, you know, uh, we were talking about Brown Scatchel, yeah, always it's been up there and yeah. he's left peg, but yeah. has he only played four games in two years or something? Mm. Like well, we'll, we'll wait and see. I think the Chris two, Johnson's a good sign, I really hope Two boys for well. Morton are good as well, Bobby Barr. <coughs> McKinnon uh, sent him, it was a mm. pre contract. Was well. it? Yeah. Right, aye. But it's it's, well, he's kind of stuck with Gary Locke now, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Declan McManus, I thought was a remarkable There's no man thing. screaming at us right now. Just going, it's Gary Locke, but... <laughs> and we're about to talk about the snowman, because he's asking us, uh, should the Betfred Cup be changed to allow more subs since they are effectively being used as friendly? He's also saying, personally, I uh, think there should be a slight increase, but not to the point where a team can replace the whole lineup at half-time. Uh, I know it was uh, Tommy Wright that first kind of brought this idea my own opinion um, no I think it's already too pre-season feel for my liking it's too uh, like Kelly changing their whole team for the game against Morton pretty much I think there's too much of a pre-season feeling about it I, I like the League Cup I know it's the League Cup but it's still a cup that any team would want to win and when maybe when it gets the knock well when it certainly gets the knockout rounds it'll be totally different I think but I just think it's already a wee bit too easy for the big teams I think allowing 11 subs at half time or even 5 I think devalues yeah. the competition a bit it makes it, it, makes it turns it into the Emirates Cup or something yeah, like that yeah. I think yeah. I agree with you 100% I think maybe a, a kind of compromise would be maybe because I don't think you're allowed trialists in this competition so maybe if you say maybe you're allowed two trialists at maximum or something and mm. they're starting 11 or, 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 or they'll actually hold the whole match day squad could be a yeah. kind of compromise but yeah as you said you know you don't want to you don't want to kind of devalue the, the, the competition mm. you know already is you know don't get me wrong I think, it, I think it's been really yeah, good been I've great. enjoyed yeah. it like miles better than pre-season friendlies yeah. are just dire uh, I just think it's just been a wee bit too pre-season-y for my liking and I just think that would just make it even more pre-season. But maybe you just get that with the kind of time it's been played in the season. Oh, exactly, exactly same as you, Hamish. <laughs> For me, no, because exactly what you've said. I mean, it's it's great that it's here, but people are saying it's like, it doesn't feel like the cup yet. You know what I mean? So mm. for us to bring in changes, then it's really. I mean, what are people wanting them? Like, you know what I mean? It has just got to, as you say. Great example, Emirates Cup, Wembley Cup. That would mm. be what we end up turning into if it's something like that. It's particularly at this stage, but nah, for me, leave it the way it is. Get competitive football back. It's good to good to see it back, mm. especially this early. The big innovation, of course, has been the penalty kicks. Mm. Strange. What do you think about them? Because yeah. my my opinion again is right. I, there was penalty kicks going on on Saturday after the draws, and I, you don't even know if they really. Care to one like I mean, you saw you saw players from the team that had just lost yeah. walking off and it was just kind of like fair enough because we've only lost it another point. I I just 
I don't see why you want to change the three, the one, and the zero ratio. The good, I don't thing, the good thing about it is, I suppose, like, you're always kind of getting a definitive winner. Sort of. I mean, I know it's only an extra point, but like, it is a wee bit gimmicky. I can. Yeah. Mean, I would. I would honestly just scrap. I just. I. I it is a wee bit. I get the idea. A winner type. I get the idea, but I know why they do it because excitement for fans, and it means that there's probably less chance of there being uh, kind of drawed points in the group because they're always going to get two points, one points, three points, zero points. But I just think keep it just out the way it is. It's something as different, as, but, isn't it? And it's pretty, uh, as much as you know, we're saying we don't want it to be a preseason tournament. Uh, sort of, uh, mm. kind of, kind of is. So uh, I, I'm not really it's, a problem with it personally. I'd it's rather, a bit of excitement, you know. I would rather have this than what we've had before, yes. whereby like we had to start kind of a similar time, but it was like two ta- like Aye, it was you were like, you were like three ties, Aye. like. Three weeks out, like so, you yeah. start like yeah, second and third round. Like, I gap between the aye, like, I don't, I, I say, I don't hate it at all. I, from my own point of view, I never want us to be in it again. But like, it, I don't think it's a bad thing. At least it's something a bit different, which mm. is, as you say, it's better than having to play like pre-season friendlies and stuff. Like that. One thing I'll say is this is obviously the first season it's gonna happen. So this is a kind of try it. I think next season has been mm. a, there has been a lot of kind of complaints from managers and stuff. But you'd hopefully next year, you know managers and teams will be more prepared for it and yeah. will be kind of more used to it happening and hmm. you know there won't be as many complaints as there kind of has been but I think in the main it's I think great, it's been yeah. good, better than pre-season anyway and the Cubs have made money from it which is the main thing yeah. like um, it's you know you ask yourself what would you rather have would you rather have a pre-season you know last year we were, we were at what is it Livingston uh, Clyde or something or you know hmm. the, the Mother Bradford yeah. Livingston uh, Sociedad like, games like that like um, would you rather have that or would you rather have your even a competitive match and a bigger crowd mm. you know so uh, that's a no brainer for me 100% uh, another question in from the snowman he's asking um, about the kind of issue that's going on at the SFA at the moment regarding the departure of Brian McClear as the performance director he says the whole situation has shown the incompetence of the SFA Either they didn't write down the requirements for the position correctly and therefore gave the job to the wrong person or they wrote them down correctly and didn't realise this wasn't uh, what Brian McClear is all about. Uh, he then goes on to say any Muppet could realise after listening to McClear that public speaking was not his strong suit. Agreed. I feel that we need someone who is a cage fighter to go up against the clubs. Someone like Jim McLean would be ideal. The SFA also need to give the person uh, the authority to do, to do the job correctly. <coughs> this was an interesting issue that was kind of came up at the end of uh, last week with also the departure of Brian McClear who took over um, from Mark Vota I think January or February 2015 uh, as a performance director hoped that he was going to come in and be there until this whole big 2020 plan where we start to see world class Gareth Bales playing <laughs> for us and stuff like that um, Mark Water was famous for saying judge me in 2020 he left in 2015 so judge him from his holiday in 2020 um, but this is a kind of murky water isn't it we were actually talking about that earlier like what kind of what other job would you be you'd, 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 you'd be saying like oh judge me in uh, 10 years time you know, what a b- bizarre thing like I, I'm just like uh, well, the thing I was speaking like he, he does a lot of public speaking and stuff that's not yeah. what the role should be about apparently yeah. there, was too, there was too much public speaking uh, now I'm not a genius and I've never interviewed someone for a job but you'd think when you're interviewing someone for a job you'd explain what the job entails and you would then think if you said public speaking that Brian McClare would go as he has now for the reason he's left you'd think he'd go oh, I'm not really into that stuff so it's either 
Brian McClear has uh, agreed to this great job and they've then changed all the rules and gone, you need to do all this, or they've not talked about the requirements for the job. So it's, it's either well, either is unforgivable. So you've just suggested common sense there, and the Aye. SFA is uh, two of the head guys are Rod Petrie and Stuart Reagan. So hmm. I don't think common sense really, yeah. common sense and that pair don't really hmm. equate, to be quite honest with you. I think. I've said it before, there needs to be a change right the way through the SFA. It's run by people that are in it for their own gain. There's no... There's a general malaise over it all, whereby it's like, well, well... well it's oh, it's next time, it's like it's, it's the same thing. It, come, it, it works its way down to the management of the national yeah. team. It's like, oh, well, next time, and oh, well, we don't have world-class players, and oh, what, what do you expect? Do you know what I mean? Like, you're, we're expecting too much. It's just... It's I'm, like, I'm really badly trying not to use explicit language here because it gets me so angry. Mm. But it's just as if, ah, oh, well, oh well, you know what I mean. It's, mm, <laughs> it's, like, it's just a big, it's just a big meh. Really, it's like, he's, yeah. it's so. We had a guy in who there was apparently long term planning at twenty twenty. All right, he's gone. We've got this other guy in. It's long term planning. He's gone. So Stuart Reagan and Petrie and all that are just gonna sit there and go. Oh, we'll get somebody else in and we'll say that. I won't. We'll say. Oh well, they've left, so it's now been pushed back to twenty twenty five. And then for for guys like like Regan and stuff, it's just a cushy role coming up here. You know, oh. it's not really. Uh, he's, he's a mm. he's a failed businessman. You know, what is he doing running our game? But that's the thing. Like you have these guys like Regan who'll come up here and think this is an easy role. I'll come up here, won't really do a lot. You know, just toe the party line. Nothing won't change a thing. You know, and and make a wee bit of money off it. You know, it's an absolute fast. There is no direction. There is no. Mm. You know, long term planning from the SFA, and um, you know, it's, it's, just, it's amateur hour as usual, mm. you know, with this ridiculous story which just mm. came out, you know. Apart from that, you're quite a fan of the, the performance strategy oh, yeah, in place. Yeah, I think uh, the, certainly the, the the name I'd want to replace uh, 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 Brian McClure would be Jockey Scott or Jockey <laughs> ideal candidates for the job. Yes, well, that may be what happens because the SFA are now looking at restructuring. The, the kind of the role of the performance director um, but the bad news is that in the meantime the actual guy who's taken up that role you'd assume is Stuart Regan <laughs> so he's actually in charge at the moment of this whole but this but whole but plan it's, not a, it's a role they've created but so it's, it's just, just, for, for them they could just easily just head, go back to, to think yeah. about what Stuart it was Reagan before you know doing, like yeah. just, it's you'd, think, you'd think in the aftermath of that Euros that I said we weren't going to talk about that you'd look at Iceland and you would not Belgium or something like that, Iceland, and you'd go, what are they doing there? Why, how have they got all these great players? Is it a case of a good manager? Possibly. But I think it's more a case of having like good players. Because Iceland, the population, and how many of their team would get in our team? Probably six or seven it's, of them. It's, it's not a quick fix. Like It's not saying, oh, look at Spain's doing, you know, or look at Germany's doing. You know, Let's play football like these countries. You know, It's not a style of football. It's just... Pick a game plan and you know stick to it. You know, yeah, that's the, have an identity. You know, uh, the big th- thing for me is the coaches. You know, we need to get more coaching. We need to make it more accessible. We shouldn't be making it. You know, how much is it to to, to get your like, A license or B license or whatever it is? You know, it's it's you know it's, it's a lot of money. You know, it should be free. We should be encouraging mm. these people. We should be you know actually funding them. You know, SFA gets a lot of money. Mm. They get a lot of money from TV rights and you know uh, government grants and whatever. You know, put that money into the game. You know what I mean? Mm. The real irony is you look. <sighs> The likes of Mourinho, probably the yeah. best manager of the last fifteen years. He done his uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I know. So that's a irony there, but um, I mean, we've uh, got a good kind of coaching system. It's just making it accessible for the kind of average kind of person. 
mm. so they can kind of pick it up. But yeah, yeah. Snowman, that is our opinion. <laughs> um, of the season, and I'm already annoyed at the SFA. That's it's good going. But we love the SPFL, don't we? Yeah, we absolutely Aye. love the SPFL. Um, so, guys, I'll give you your, your kind of closing thoughts um, because we've gone a wee bit over schedule. I planned for an hour and a half, however. Lewis and Callum's rage has got the better of us and we're now uh, an hour and 51 minutes in. <laughs> um, so, guys, just your kind of closing thoughts and what you expect to kind of see before we're next doing a pod, which I don't know when that'll be. Um, I think my own point of view, um, hopefully we'll, we'll see at least one of our, our, our teams uh, progress in, in Europe. And, um, just let from your own point of view be your own well, team. Well, yeah, Celtic, yeah. But, um, yeah. That that would be nice. Um, maybe some new signs as well would also be nice. Um, but I just I actually really look forward to the season. Like I, I, I actually can't wait. Um, I think there's some cracking games uh, coming up, um, and I think it's, I think I think it will be quite competitive as well. Certainly at the top end, and uh, it's, it's the, at the bottom end, you know, there's it's, there's a lot more mystery there. We don't really know what's going to happen. So and that's that's always exciting anyway. Championship as well, you know. So yeah, a lot to a lot, a lot to look forward to, and um, yeah, I, I can't wait. A lot to look forward to. Gary We will <laughs> of course be back. Uh, in numbers ahead of the new season um, to did you want to say something Callum or are you no, just, it just wasn't me I'm, I'm trying to structure a question <laughs> to you mate, um, we are going to be back it wasn't back. me that was disputing you mm, thank you we'll, we'll be back before the start of the season definitely to, to look ahead to the season as I say getting predictions from everyone no one will be spared no panel member no club uh, no manager everyone will be talked about uh, we'll even probably predict uh, who's going to win the Cups this season which is always a bit of a lottery keep an eye out for that we'll also hope to get a lot of stuff online uh, a few articles team previews that kind of stuff that you can uh, read while listening to us as well um, and yeah that's basically it you guys get anything else to, well, to add? on that let's say hopefully more stuff for Boss Boy as well. Can I, like, I'm working on a few things at the moment as well in regards to interviews. I know and you've that. been doing some work for one of the, the Kelly papers. Is that going well? You enjoying oh, that? Aye. Aye, it's been going okay. Aye. I need to keep my bias aside though for, uh, for uh, particular reasons. But no, but we got a few things in the fire, as you'd say. But that I'm uh, hoping to. The pipeline? Aye, the pipeline. Aye, that would be a better reason. <laughs> <laughs> no, but no, the stuff in the. It's a terrible example. Of terrible. <laughs> But anyway, I've got a few interviews and that potentially lined <laughs> up. <laughs> few things in the fire for Kelly Cal. <laughs> uh, on that note, Callum Fisher, have you got anything that can beat that? I just want to see more Nico Cranshaw. That's about it. And his lovely face. If you want to write an article for the website, you, I'll put a photo of Nico Cranshaw as long as it doesn't offend any SNS rules. Oh, or not Mark <laughs> Warburton. You'll put a picture of respectful words. Generic yeah. Croatian. Playing for yeah. just Glasgow Bears. I might, I, I, I might do an article about the best looking team in the league or something. Because I actually think we've got the best looking team. I'm just putting dear, it out there. You're going to do an article. I would even the worst looking team. I'm just waiting for the snowman's reply to that <laughs> when that tweet goes out. Callum Fisher at Cadfe looks at the best looking team in Scotland. Well, me and uh, the snowman have had a few discussions about music over Twitter. I quite enjoy his interactions. Uh, tweet me more. Snowman, just about everything. Please. I'm getting a bit jealous at this romance tweeting other kind of uh, <laughs> Does he ever tweet you, Lewis? Uh, no. I think no. He no. I think he maybe has. Maybe the, on the, on no, I don't even mean. Maybe not. Maybe. Uh, the, the, the snowman, snowman isn't just not tweeting you and I, but he's like. No, he tweets me. No, 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 that, no that's the point I'm making. I'm saying that I'm 
get jealous of snowman seems to be interacting with other other uh, rival kind of groups oh which I'm uh, quite upset the, about because would that be a terrace occasionally and a BBC sports sound ah he does that a lot but that's expected that's getting very creepy obviously <laughs> OTIA just tweet <laughs> more about music snowman please right, I'm going to try and work out what OTIA means but first I'm going to end this podcast thank you very much uh, for listening keep an eye out on the website keep an eye on the twitter on the facebook uh, and look out for more podcasts we'll be in touch soon um, and uh, speak to you then bye